Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today, and I'm joined, as always, by my my good friend, my business partner, my man with the master plan, uh, Mr. My man with the good ideas. Surprisingly, it hurts me to say that almost. I'm going to say it anyway. My man with the good ideas, Mr. Jason Johnston. Some people will say John Stone. Yellen. Good grief. How does 2023 get better than the man with good ideas? (laughs) You have set your ship a sail this year, Joshua. That is now a quotable. Well, you came to me. I don't know. (laughs) When was it? November, (laughs) December. I don't know what it is. But you came to me and you said, you know, people have been asking us for nearly seven years now. All right. Could you do something on YouTube? Can you move this over to YouTube? And we thought, though, I remember having a conversation thinking, it seems counterintuitive to have a podcast on YouTube. Like, aren't, isn't, aren't podcasts audio only? And, and we fought it. And then, and then you, you sold it to me, Jason. You sold it to me hard. Yeah, it's so interesting to me. You and, you and I are official old men. And we try to we try to do things like young men, but really, we move back into the world of the old men. And my my kids, not that not that my suggestion was we sell whiskey to kids, that would be very wrong for anybody in officialdom who's listening to this. We would be very against that. Mm-hmm. However, we also say hashtag please drink the whole bottle responsibly. So I feel like we are <laughs> we are responsible entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But I I see how much my kids love the YouTubes mm-hmm. and I know how much of um an entertainment portal it is for them and people older than them who do drink mm. but who are maybe not our age which which is becoming <laughs> advanced and so i did I, I started thinking about we're still in our 40s we're, jason i mean we're, we're getting old we, but we are still in <laughs> oh, our dude, 40s you're gonna spend every dude. day of 2023 saying damn this. right Damn right. You're going down in a blazing glory. I got 11 months left. Just <laughs> give it to me. Just just placate oh, me, Jason. You're under 11 months, my friend. Jason, I said placate You're me. under 11 months. You're meant to placate me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna whopping 18 more months in my 40s. It's just gonna keep going and going. Here, here, just while we're on this, you'll yeah. like this. All right. This connects to me talking about my kids as well. My 15-year-old right. is now taller than me. And you will be very pleased to know mm-hmm. that he pulls all the shit with me that I have spent the duration of our friendship uh-huh. pulling with you. <laughs> he you just, know what we call that? We call that comeuppance. We call that comeuppance, Jason. <laughs> and it's so funny, right? He's only six three, right? Like only six, six three. three. <laughs> he's only six three at fifteen. Him pulling this shit, I'm like, dude, your uncle, you know, his uncle Mumu, my, my brother Murray, has been six six since he was seventeen years old, mm-hmm. right? I've had almost. Oh, he won't thank me for saying that. 
<laughs> Let me think how the math works on this. I have had over 20 years, I think it's over 25 years, of of Uncle Moomoo being 6'6", six, six, right, mm. to my near 6'2". So I'm I'm used to having somebody taller than me, right? Or, or, yeah. You know, Greg Swartz is taller than me, right? Like, like it happens. I'm okay with it. Mm. But the fact that, oh, it's such an achievement for him to be the height that he is. <laughs> and if if he gets another half inch or inch before his younger brother's yeah. bar mitzvah in June, he is he's going to be even more insufferable. I'm not even going to say insufferable. More insufferable than he is right now. So... All right, so I guess I need to wear platform shoes when I when I come down for the bar mitzvah. I think that, I think at that point you're talking stilts. <laughs> so listen, hold on, we're 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 getting a bit off track. I wanted to get back to the compliment of you and your idea to bring um, extra extra our biweekly podcast to the land of YouTube. But tell me, you're not incredibly happy that I'm getting my comeuppance. I kind of want to break that out on special occasions. <laughs> like that, I, I do love it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to pepper that where and when needed at very strategic times in your life where it's going to hurt you the most. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, that's fair. That's perfectly fair. Perfectly fair. I have made fun of your hobbit height for a dozen years and it's only... Five, ten and three quarters. Fair. Five ten and three quarters. Yeah, uh-huh. Five yeah. ten and a quarter. Actually, I, I've shrunk in my what you call old age. I'm not even fifty yet, Jason. <laughs> All right. So, so, so store away the comeuppance. You you can enjoy that. Absolutely enjoy that. Um, but back back to me having a good idea. Yes. <laughs> but you you're you were instantly on. Enough board, about me it? talking about me. Why don't you talk about me? So sorry. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, exactly that, right? It's it's always about community with us. Mm-hmm. Always. That is true. And pre-pandemic, we'd started to talk about getting the podcast out and about, but it was One Nation Under Whiskey podcast getting out and about, mm-hmm. which will remain in the podcast world. There's this the 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 podcast you're currently listening to will remain a podcast in, in perpetuity. <laughs> Good clarification. Until, uh, <laughs> Until I have another good idea, <laughs> we'll blow it all up. All right. Um, right we, we talked about going out and seeing the nation and having podcasts out in the wild, and we've we've done it a few times, and we've we've done it in Chicago, we've done it with Drammers, we've done it with Gene at Warehouse Liquors, uh, we did it in New York with mm-hmm. Drammers. Um, I'm working Westland, on an incomplete right? Joshua Hatton yeah, list no, right like, now. Westland. Oh, the one that kicked it all off. That was the right? first one. That was a yeah. Oh, that was a. Did you mention the Jubilee event. with the swimmers? With the no, upgrade right, Isla swimmers, was, yeah, because I was I was working on an incomplete Joshua Hatton list. <laughs> <laughs> Realized I was treading ground I did not want to be treading. So <laughs> so we, we've we've done it right. Mm-hmm. We would like to get out doing a bit mm-hmm. more as mm-hmm. as the the world continues to be the world that we currently find ourselves in. But extra extra going to the YouTube's would give us the opportunity to maybe do some live. Extra extras, mm-hmm. maybe you know, invite in the community, take questions in the moment. It it, it seemed like it presented opportunities, as also you know we should maybe say this for the last time because gosh I feel like I've said this a thousand times now, 
it also gives a chance to add on to it as well mm. and, and add in this element of new whiskey, fresh whiskey, you and I tasting and talking about whiskey. That that seemed like an element we could add in as well. And I think that got us off to a great start in the first episode uh, that dropped on, on January 18. You know, getting to dip a toe back into the Whiskey Advocate Top 20, we will dip another toe into that on February 1 when the next mm. Extra Extra drops on YouTube. But yeah, like even you were texting me like, Jason, you should see the comments that are happening under this. Yeah. Like, that, that's an exciting thing. I, I really love that. And to, to end where I began, to be hearing from this community, you know, people that have listened to, to One Nation Under Whiskey as we stand at the dawn of, of season seven, those who had listened to Extra Extra through the first three seasons and hopefully will continue to, to listen into season four mm-hmm. over on YouTube. And then also you and I working to make our YouTube channel a little stickier. Right. Mm-hmm. Add, mm-hmm. add other things. You and I have bandied back and forth some other ideas to put out there. If the community has said, hey, we'd love to see you on the YouTube, we have a, a duty to go there and entertain. <laughs> I love your focus on community because receiving all of those comments on, you know, the day that this launched, you know, there's there's. Well, I rep- I responded to everyone, so I've got to do a little math here. It looks like there was 16 or 17 different comments, right? That's the community communicating lovely. with us and, and, yeah, and going lovely. back and forth. And yeah, for the most part, it's been complimentary. As you know, Jason, I gave you a tongue lashing about your, your audio on that video. Uh, but we're going to fix that. I, I, am but an, I am but an old man, you know. You are I old. actually yeah. teletyped. Uh, my entire contribution, but you didn't want me to send that over, so via fax. Oh, I thought you were sending Teletubbies. Ah, uh, ah, uh, see, there's there's an Edrington joke to be made, but we would <laughs> never make it. Never make it. Never, never make that one. Uh, but never. yeah, so so it's it's you know the the podcast has always been and will continue. And by will continue, I mean One Nation Under Whiskey. But the podcast has always been such a great way to get ourselves out there. And the only times we've had communication back was either through reviews on on Apple Podcasts. Sometimes people would say things on Facebook. But here we have this instant interaction with the community, with our listeners. And it's just a handful. Like, I think about the number of downloads or streams we get in our podcast far out outweighs yeah, what yeah, we're yeah. seeing with YouTube. And that's just because we're, we're in the building stage. So if you're listening to this now and, and you haven't heard already, uh, Extra Extra, it's all about whiskey, has moved to YouTube. So you can just go to YouTube, look for the Single Cast Nation channel, and that's where you're going to start finding the Extra Extra episodes. Please, as the kids say, smash that subscribe button. I keep asking you to stop saying that. Like, yes, it's imperative that people subscribe. Please stop saying, smash the subscription so, button. That's well, that's all. what the kids say. What, what are the oh. old... What, no, they're not. Is that no longer on what? fleek, the, that saying? <laughs> My skin is crawling right is now. Is that saying no longer I, off the chisane? The... <laughs> At what point... <laughs> 
<laughs> At one point, are you unable to even embarrass yourself because you're just making It's off the hizzock, right? Sounds. Come on, right? <laughs> what, what the old men say are, please subscribe. We'd love to add you to the community. Oh, I like that. And there's a sincere element to that as well. So See? Yeah. No, you're... <laughs> Smash the fucking button. and just creepy. God, oh. so, so listen, um, I want to, later on in the episode, I want us to talk about, some, we've got some emails that came in hmm. and we have some, some of this communication on, on YouTube. I just want to highlight some of it. Um, oh, but wait. are we still, yeah. are we still requesting emails for the... Thank the mailbag you. episode? Yeah, so this so this is perfect. So as everybody knows, each year we end our season with a mailbag episode. Now, season six is going to be different from seasons one through five in that we are going to be with our dear Jess Lomas and the wonderful Elijah Ammon, A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-
You would know. And so... You mother... (laughs) (laughs) Drinking more whiskey. And and, and Colin wrote in multiple times and and talked New Zealand whiskey and and talked about the the value of getting down there and the value of of seeing things with their own two eyes and it sparked internal fights because uh, Jess Lomas wants to be the one going down there. It's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Now, that's what the kids say, right? It's a whole thing. It's a whole mood, I think the kids say. I say mood. Is that so, like high key, low key? Sorry, go on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not the Marvel universe, the Peter Jackson universe. <laughs> so, so yeah, we've we've had this correspondence with Colin of the Plural Mares. He is now employed by Waiheke, mm-hmm. the distillery down there, and boy, oh boy, did we have. A fantastic chit chat, yeah, with him and Mark down there. It yeah, was absolutely brilliant, a real cracker, and and it's one of those fun ones where you and I sitting in the northern hemisphere, seeing slate grey skies and colder <laughs> temperatures, we had the opportunity to dip into spring, burgeoning summer. Isn't that amazing. Absolutely fantastic. They were getting excited about their upcoming season. Making moves, mm-hmm. opening doors, mm-hmm. outside dining. I was I was more than a little envious. But they were good company. Did, am I right in saying that, that they officially live in the Upside Down? That sounds like a reference from a Netflix show that I don't watch. It's a... Well, I'm glad that you got that it's from a Netflix show. It's from uh, Stranger Things. Jason. <laughs> but, here's, but here's the thing. I'm always cautious of agreeing with you because mm. it often has implications. And so if I agree with you that they are officially in the upside down world, does that mean they're evil? It totally that mean means they're, they're evil. And they're, right? not, they're not evil. They're not right? haunted. They're just, you know, up is down, left is right. I mean, here we are in winter and there's spring going on summer. It's just, it's so interesting to, to see them entering summer while we're battening down the hatches and getting ready for the chillier weather. That's all. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I I do literally think about those in the Antipodes walking around upside down and building houses upside down. Like, I understand how gravity works. Yeah. Right? Yeah, gravity sure. is vital. Yeah. It allows us to do a whole okay. bunch of things. Yeah. But I've, I've never been in the Southern Hemisphere. No. It's, I mean, your body has to get used to it because it's, well, it's gravity in reverse. I yeah. I don't trust it. Yeah, it sounds it like a newfangled thing. It, it I is. think I would fall off the earth if I if I flew to the to the down there. Yeah, which edge do you fall off of? <laughs> Listen, I'm not <laughs> a flat earth conversation. I'm just saying if you have to stand literally upside down, that seems problematic. Okay. Let's let's be clear of two things. A people in the southern hemisphere do not build things or stand or walk or run upside down. Um it's called centrifugal force. No, they don't, Jason. They are upside down. Oh my gosh, Look at how the globe works. <laughs> There's a globe. We're here. They're there. It's centrifugal force. It's like a bucket of water. It keeps Cent- spinning around. Centrifugal force would sling them out the way. Anyway, let's hand it over to, <laughs> to our friends. Uh, Joshua has wandered into heart <laughs> physics. 
but he missed that day at school. I don't, I don't know how to irrationalize myself out of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go listen to what we actually did talk about. There you go. Now to Colin, to Mark, to you, to me. We are very lucky in that we've got uh, not not just uh, a distillery guest to the podcast, but two distillery guests to the podcast, and one of them has been has been a listener of the podcast for some years. We've got Mark Izzard and Colin, the pluralized mayor. As everybody, you heard it here first. <laughs> the pluralized mayor is here from, and and here's this is my specialty. My specialty is pronouncing um, uh, Australian and New Zealand words. And then you get to tell me how, how wrong I did it. Wahiki whiskey? Close. So. <laughs> I like them both staring at you. It was such a distinct pause. Well, funny, like, do you want to tell them? No, do you? Funny, funny you should start with that, and good, actually, that you should start with that, because there are two accepted pronunciations. So, actually, Ooh. properly, the Maori... It's, of course, a Maori word. The Maori pronunciation is Waiheke. But Waiheke. nine times out of ten, you'll hear people say Waiheke. And so... Which is what I said. Okay. Kind of. Kind of. You said something else. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> <laughs> say it again. I don't even know say it. Again. Waiheke. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, said, I, said, I said Waiheke. I said Waiheke. <laughs> we'll listen back. But, yeah, Waiheke, yeah, Waiheke right. or Waiheke. It's a bit like Caddenheads. Um, oh, there you go. Caddenheads, Caddenheads. Uh, it really is um, a joy having you guys on here. And, and it's interesting, you know, when we first heard about you, it was actually through Nick Ravenhall of Hollywood, because I know he, he came to visit the distillery, and he says, there's this guy, Mark, on this island, and he's doing this crazy thing with weird stills and crazy whiskey, and I'm like, Okay, all right, all right. And, and, and I did a little research, uh, which is something we don't often do on this podcast, but we I did a little not. research. Um, and I went to your website and saw that your stills, or at least one of them, I think is your spirit still, is in fact kind of crazy to look at. It's got sort of an unusual pot to it. And so, and so I'm painting this picture of craziness and weirdness and I want to know, Mark, how, how much of that is warranted? Um, I, yeah, I don't think we're that weird. <laughs> I need to look at. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think I think some of it's warranted because we've kind of grown up in a little bit of a vacuum, um, and deliberately so mm. in lots of ways because we didn't want to become a facsimile of, of of Scotland or Ireland or Japan or anywhere else. So you know, we've kind of we've kind of been a bit homegrown. Um, in that Kiwi tradition of, you know, doing it yourself and making it yourself. Um, you know, the, the fundamentals are the same, the same three ingredients and uh, the same double distillation, same copper pot stills. But we just approached it mm -hmm. from two, there's two reasons why our stills ended up that way. One was we built them ourselves. And so, you know, when you're making something yourself and you're not necessarily have the skills of a sort of, um, you know, 50 year um, accomplished coppersmith, uh, of which there's very few around. Mm. Um, and, and also because the guy, uh, I started the distillery with 
two of my friends, one who's a beekeeper and the other guy um, is an engineer. And he he's he's a very interesting guy. He lives in Sausalito on a houseboat. He's a maker, um, uh, you know, history of a, a computer engineer and, and, and uh, scientist. And he said, why are they that shape? You know, why can't we make them something? And I said, well, you know, copper contacts, everything. And he was like, well, if you want to, Mm. If you want to, if you want copper contact, you need a, you, need, you want to be a pyramid. That's the largest volume to surface area <laughs> ratio, <laughs> and and that's an easy easy shape to make out of copper. But it, we, a pyramid stills probably didn't wasn't that practical. So yeah, it ended up being a geodesic, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, as experimental really, and and we used that on our first still with whole geodesic thing, but that was you know pretty yeah. impractical. So we just used it on the shoulders, and, and it's worked well, as you'll see, hopefully, when you taste our whiskey. Hmm. So so was some of that – did that shape help make the building of the steels a bit easier because you could just go piece by piece by piece? Yeah, so we um, – so traditionally, obviously, it's beaten out of a whole single piece of copper. Um, and yeah. Um, so this was um, lots of different reasons. We so we we made it in CAD, the design in AutoCAD, um, out of these little tri- yeah. these triangles. So we water jet the triangles. So you can use smaller pieces of copper, which are cheaper. Uh, you re- can replace bits if they break as well. Um, and so we laser jet them. Actually, water jet, water cut uh, the triangles, hand bent them, and then riveted them together, and then welded that to make the shape. Uh, there's photos on our website if anyone's interested in the. <laughs> under the uh, in the crazy construction and we built it in the shed and and um and i guess that um you know it was just an easy practical way of making a dome shape that had a large surface area mm. um and we didn't know if it was going to work but it turned out it worked great wow but but it's only on one of your stills am i well, am i correct am on I, that in my first in our first we've, we've built a bunch of different stills over the years um and our and okay. so over <laughs> Um, and our first, <laughs> our first two stills that really worked well. Um, uh, the first one was completely geodesic, and the second one was just on the shoulders. So our wash still had it just on the shoulders. Um, our spirit still was completely geodesic. Uh, on our brand new stills that we've just um, had commissioned by Speyside Copperworks, we got someone that knew what they were doing to make them for us this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they, um, uh, yeah, Gary Fraser who's a true gentleman and Derek as well, who's a genius, um, at, at, at space side copper works. They, they were the only ones that would entertain the idea of, mm. of doing this thing. So, you know, they, they, they em- embraced the madness and we said, well, we, we want a, an onion shape still for minimum reflux because we're a PT distillery and we wanted a lot of those lovely PT flavors to come over in a wash still, but we still wanted our maximum copper contact in the spirit still. So, we incorporated those slightly different geometry, slightly different design, um, made a bunch of different prototype mules, and and uh, what Derek did, uh, and finally came out with the design that you'll see on our website, which is the ones that have just been installed. Hmm. I realize we, we came out of the gate in the geekiest <laughs> part of the conversation, but I need to continue with this. So I'm I'm, I'm curious here. So it's not going back to the other side of the gate ever. No, yeah, we're geeks, man. <laughs> you're, in, you're in the geek zone, I'm afraid. <laughs> so why would – geodesic is the word, correct? Well, I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, the, 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 I guess the geodesic's a term to describe a certain particular shape. 
the idea is to try yeah. the idea is to um, try and get as many flat surfaces as you can um, for interaction yeah. with the copper with the set volume you've got so the, the, the still size volume inside um, is is set to whatever it is 2,000 liters 3,000 liters and yeah. then it, the more the and the, the smallest volume to surface area is a pure sphere um, and the, the biggest is a is a pyramid um, so the more flat surfaces you can get then we've got lots of interaction with the, mm. lots of reflux going on um, and lots of interaction with the whiskey on those flat surfaces um, and that's what you want so it creates quite a nice light spirit we've used it on our spirit still because that gives us a lot of control so we can run that harder or slower yeah. and that's really the wash still is just get that get that good stuff out as fast as you can to retain a lot of that peaty goodness but the spirit still you really want to tweak your your profile um, and that's why we've done it that way perfect you, you answered my question without me having to ask it I, I I really wanted to know why it was beneficial to 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 put that shape on your spirit still as opposed to your wash still because I what I assumed is exactly what you said, right? Where you're doing a good bulk of the work in the wash still, and then you get to fine tune with your spirit still, and you can you can adjust as you see. So, so there you go. You you have you have fully answered it. Thank you. Uh, I was curious just in talking yeah. about the copper. We hear you know the mythology out of Scotland that you replace a still, and if it had a dent in it, you put a dent in the same place in the new one. Here you mm. are working through multiple designs and, and multiple designers. Any any thoughts there about your your spirit that you've been building over a decade and how that changes as you as you move design here? Yeah, I think I think that's the fun part of of what we're doing, which is um, you know we're still getting uh, you know the the you know so uh, the problem is I guess is that you get a whiskey you like and uh, the big question is how much does that whiskey change over the years over the decades you know like a Vulcan sixteen how much mm-hmm. is it the same as it was, you know, uh, 10 years ago. I don't know the answer to that question. I think that what we found is that this concept of putting little dings or hammer marks or stuff into a still, I'm not really sure that that's real um, or how that works <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. <laughs> because there's so many variables. But I guess if everything stays the same all the time, um, then, you know, little things probably do make a difference. But, I mean, we found that there's so many variables in doing this the handmade way. So we're a craft distillery. And by that, I mean, we're still physically, you know, it's not press the button, whiskey comes out the other end. Um, You know, we're pretty much hands on with everything we do. And so that human element increases the variables. And, and so I think Mm. that, you know, the stills, sure, they're part of it. um, But I'm I'm sure there's much larger, um, you know, variations come from obviously your, your barley, your cuts, the, how hard you drive the stills, um, you know, the speed of distillation, the temperature, ambient temperature outside and temperature in your brew house is going to affect your reflux. All these things are so many variables. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, that makes good sense. Yeah. So I think that, you know, with these big guys, yeah, sure. I mean, they're, that, that's their, you know, their, their profile is their profile and, and you don't really want to mess with it. For us, you know, we're still in that really fun stage of put this in and see what comes out wait five years later, start cracking the barrel open. Oh, that was good. What do we do? You know, what was the, and we've written, every, we've written everything down as you'll see in our tasting packs. <laughs> <laughs> We're nothing if not methodical in, in what we do. Yeah. 
<laughs> so with with that in mind, right? You you it it really sounds as if you're discovering yourselves, right? You're in that evolution period of of seeing how you're making your whiskey and, and what it could become, and maybe you're going to tweak it here or there. But I wonder if from the outset you took inspiration from any particular distilleries to sort of, you know, try to follow that path. Not really. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the story starts way back 2008 with um, one of my business partners, a beekeeper. And uh, we had all this sugar water from washing down the honey frames. And we started off actually making a mead and then and then distilling the mead in a little pot still we had mm. you know new zealand's got crazy laws i mean you don't you can go and buy a still and get into it um you know without uh, without having a license and <laughs> <laughs> away you go so nice. so we um you know so we were making initially sort of distilled mead um and i'm a whiskey lover and and so it was a simple step then to get some beer and start boiling that and and away we go and so uh, the the realization that actually hey we can make whiskey here um you know dawned on mm. us slowly um and it was always an ambition but in those experimental early days uh, we were trying to make all sorts of stuff anything we could see how it went um and it wasn't with until we met this guy called tony denny uh which is a long i'm doing a lot of talking mm. here but that's a long story but tony um is a brewer a very famous brewer in New Zealand who was part of the Lion Nathan group for 30 odd years. He started as a very young man, as an apprentice. And I met him through a charity that I worked for that he sponsored. And, and he came on the scene and taught us how to brew. Uh, when we start, started to learn how to mm. brew, that really, um, and then this then opened up this world of New Zealand malts and barley and various things that were so exciting oh, wow. that we didn't really look to anyone else for any inspiration. We're just right. We're going to make a New Zealand product. This is what we're going to do. Away we go. So that, yeah. that's how it happened. So g- given that we came out of the door getting geeky about stills, given what you've just said, Mark, I'm going to jump ahead to a question I was going to ask much later, which is right now in the US, we're having this wonderful reckoning around what is an American single malt and here you are just now saying, you know, we just set out to make a good New Zealand spirit. Is there anything in the books? Are there are there parameters that you must operate within to be a New Zealand whiskey? Or is it those three basic ingredients that you've been talking about and everything else is, is pretty much allowed? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so the history of whiskey in New Zealand dates back a long way. Um, uh, you know, the, the Scots were... Um, a large um, part of our history for people coming into the country and and there were a lot of distilleries operating back in the day Um, as far as um, and then that kind of reached a hiatus and and I think when um, when Wilson's was sold that was really the end of um, New Zealand large-scale whiskey production and then things slowly slowly Mm. started up in the in the 2000s again with little craft distillers like us Um, so recently, we've put together the New Zealand Whiskey Association to, to beat out a few rules around this, uh, but it's pretty loose, essentially. Mm. Um, it's got to be 100% New Zealand barley. It's got to be uh, double distilled in yeah. coppice pot stills, um, and mm. uh, it's got to be a minimum of two years old before you can call it whiskey and sell it, and, um, and just those three ingredients. So the okay. basis, 
at the basis of, of where we're at. Um, so, nice. so that's to, to make it no New Zealand single malt. And has to be bottled in New Zealand as well. It does, yeah. Mm. I mean, I've got the full, I've got the full yeah, list of rules, but I won't bore you with yeah. them. But I mean, it's it's a <laughs> so there's a, like a guideline that's been set since when was that agreed upon? Like twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? Just quite yeah. recently. Yeah. Um, and so that's from the the DSA. So that's the Distilled Spirits Aotearoa, Aotearoa being the Maori name for New Zealand. And then out of the DSA has now formed the New Zealand Whiskey Association. And so they're kind of taking on that work, that those guidelines that have been laid out. And anyone that's a member of of DSA, of course, agrees to bide by those guidelines. But it's not a legal requirement. So there are other stuff, other things being made in New Zealand that currently are called whiskey and don't um, fit within those. But (laughs) when that becomes law, which hopefully will be soon... Then, then it's mm. as as enshrined in law as as Scotch whisky regulations and any other country that has regulations. Nice, wow. nice. Do, do you think that'll then allow the category to to build globally, or or is that just a rules within the sandbox for how you all want New Zealanders to be doing this? What what do you see the future ramifications of this being? Well, I mean, I'm a founding member of the Whiskey Association of New Zealand. So we've, we've got our reasons to do it, which is to protect the category, essentially. So, um, and, and what I mean by that is, is that we want, we want to establish New Zealand whiskey as a thing that people say, oh, that's pretty good, that New Zealand whiskey. Um, and, and to have that, it has to have a few things in our book, which is hopefully made of New Zealand products, just not a facsimile of, of Scottish whiskey. You know, we don't want to be Scottish still, Scottish barley, just made in New Zealand. Um, but but we also um, we also want to protect quality and integrity. That means that the brand of New Zealand whiskey is protected going forwards. Make good product, um, and so people feel that if they're buying this stuff, it's just not imported Scottish whiskey that's relabeled, or you know, it's not got a bunch of additives yeah. in it and bits and bobs. So, you know, our guidelines are very similar to Scotland. Um, you can. You can chill filter if you want to. You can. The only thing you're allowed to add is is um, is non-flavored coloring, which is the which is the mm-hmm. caramel. Personally, we don't do either of those things. But I mean, for a couple of the bigger whiskey um, distributors who felt that was important to maintain consistency, particularly in coloring for the Asian market, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that was decided. That was definitely a, a fair enough. But. So, but I think the idea is, is what we're trying to do as a group, and it's a very cohesive group of, of I mean, it's a pretty fledgling industry, um, <laughs> is to try and get New Zealand whiskey um, as, a, as a high quality product that's, um, that's out there that uh, people can say, oh, actually, you know, that New Zealand whiskey, like Japanese whiskey, you know, is, is, is good. I might give it a go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think like Least Japanese concerns. whiskey and Indian whiskey are good examples to look to for New Zealand. I think that mm. Indian whiskey certainly done a lot of the good work for educating consumers on the fact that it doesn't have to be 12 years old and up. It can be mm-hmm. five or six years old because it's a different climate and maturation works differently here. So I think that's, yeah. that has certainly laid the way for people that maybe 10 years ago would have, or 10, 15 years ago would have scoffed at the idea of Japanese whiskey. Now they're the ones going into shops and saying have you got any Japanese whiskey I've heard it's good <laughs> and so so we're kind of following behind those those other new world whiskeys that have, that have set the path for 
Faraz? Nice. Nice. Yeah. A couple of years back, we, in our first interview with Lee and Bree at uh, Backwoods Distilling out of Yakandanda, hopefully I got that one right. I know it's a different country, but still. They, they talked about the, their climate, and, and there would be these massive shifts in temperature in the day where you're, you're real cold in the morning, and, and then by the evening it's, it's, it's sweltering and, and corks are... Uh, bung corks are popping everywhere. Are you are you finding similar climate where you guys are? What, what is that climate, and how does it affect your whiskey? Yeah, well, for the listeners who don't know, so we're on a little island in the Pacific, just outside of Auckland, which is the largest city in New Zealand. It's about 1.7 million on on the city, and a 30 minute ferry ride takes you to Waiheke and. And from there, uh, there's about 10,000 residents on this island, um, and it's predominantly a, a wine-growing region, so um, it's pretty temperate, but it has a, a maritime climate with huge barometric pressure um, changes and temperature swings. You may have heard the song, Four Seasons in One Day, and that's kind of, uh, you know, it's controversial what it was written about, whether it's New Zealand or Melbourne, but um, it's pretty similar sort of climate. I mean, things can get pretty hot, pretty hot and pretty cold yeah. pretty quickly. Um, and so we do notice, um, and in summer, hot, but then you have these big thunderstorms rolling in and uh, like at the moment, it's very unstable weather. Um, and so you do get these huge barometric pressure changes and we've noticed our angel share can be mm. can be crazy high. And that that's uh, we've cre- we coined this phrase dog ears which is our second uh, tasting pack we just released um which is this idea that our whiskey ages pretty fast compared to um compared to some of the stuff that maybe is in a colder more settled climate um we had a guy out from yeah. singapore visiting recently and i cracked the top of one of the barrels of this port finish that we've done um and i gave it a taste and i said how old do you think that is and it was like, well, I don't know, it's pretty nice, maybe ten or something. I said we made it like a year ago. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> it went in the barrel like in January or something. Um, and so it's it's quite interesting. It, it, you know, it um, it's it's deceptive what happens. But our angel share is huge. It can the top of the barrel mm. stack can be thirty odd degrees. Um, you know, and some and it varies from year to year. Um, but you know, it's not unheard of to get up to you know, 10, 15% loss in some of these barrels. Um, we do, we've, we, we age yeah. them vertically, stack them vertically, you know, fill the bung in the side and palletize them, stack them vertically. Um, but um, to try and stop a little, the, little bit of the loss, but it's just crazy. So, and, and that's, uh, you know, in, in itself, you know, it's a bit that defines our category. I mean, it's something that's different about New Zealand mm-hmm. whiskey and probably Melbourne, Starwood. I mean, look at the success those guys have had. Um, Melbourne's mm-hmm. a similar sort of thing, yep. so I think we're seeing a, quite a big shift in in in. And this is why we don't use we we don't use age statement, even though some of our whiskey is quite old for New Zealand whiskey. Um, you know, so it's seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Um, we tell you when we made it and and when we bottled it, but you know, the rest of it's up to you to decide what's going on. <laughs> you have to be good at math. <laughs> So the whiskeys that I have in here, we've got your, your Peter Newmake, your Moss, your Cirrus One, and the Bog Monster. You said there's whiskeys in there aged up to seven, eight years old? Yeah, well, in this pack, um, that? 
not not quite so old. Uh, uh, the Bog Monster is the oldest one in this pack. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember when we bottled that. When was that? So that's seven years old, the Bog Monster. And the Peated, we actually started non-Peated. So the Doggy is the second pack that you'll that's just released that you'll be on its way to both of you um, <laughs> very shortly. Um, <laughs> it's some of our older whiskey because we started off as a non-Peated distillery because there was no using a Peated barley around when we started. Um, but, um, yeah. so, but really we love Pete, we love New Zealand Pete and we can talk about that for hours, but I mean, it's, uh, it's, I guess if there's one thing that represents our point of difference and one thing that the rest of the world can't replicate, it's the, it's, uh, what did Colin, what did, what did, um, uh, Dave Broom's new book, that sense, sense of place Colin was saying, yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, our, our own sense of place, um, our own, uh, Mark Renier's terroir or whatever. I mean, it's a, our own sense of place, which is our New Zealandness, um, that we thought would be the thing that really came out in this. And that's why we were so keen to put the New Zealand peat pack out. I mean, only 10% of our whiskey drinkers in New Zealand like peat whiskey, but I mean, we're a niche geek whiskey maker and, and this is what we like. And so that's yeah. why we put it out. Since we're here, do you want to start telling us about New Zealand peat? It seems like the the perfect moment it's yeah and and which which whiskey should i pour as you're talking about that well the the piece i'll start with the new make, Sorry, new make. yeah yeah i mean the new make it, oh, okay yeah yeah i think i think that the new make um it, it's one of those things that you don't maybe get to try terribly often but it probably says more about a distillery than anything else which is what your new make tastes like um Ooh. and uh, and smells like and and uh the the new makers uh, colin colin's probably best at describing the whiskey is way, way better than me he's much more eloquent um but uh, you know i think that the uh the dna uh, of us as as he t- t- really shows through in uh peter new make but i'll tell you a little bit about new zealand pete and then maybe colin can talk you through it mm-hmm. the whiskey but uh, it, it's um New Zealand peat's different than, than the same as, you know, Isla peat's different than mainland Scottish peat. It's pretty lignin, lignin poor. A lot of our trees don't, mm. uh, are resinous and they don't break down so well. Um, and, and so the podocarp forests and big kauri trees and a lot of the trees, they, they stay around un, unbroken down for tens of thousands of years. People dig them up and make tables and stuff out of them. <laughs> But um, uh, uh, so um, our peat's different. Uh, the peat, the peat comes through differently. It tastes differently. It comes in on the back end. It's not as in your face. Um, even though there's 40 ppm in that new make phenolics, like a Port Charlotte, but it's um, it's just mm. a different beast, and that's what we love about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is. This is so drinkable. This is remarkable new make. It's you know, there's some there's some new makes <clears throat> excuse me, there's some new makes that you'll taste and you say, Oh, that that's awful. But you know it's gonna be good twelve, fifteen, twenty years from now, and then and then some that are good and some that are excellent. Jason, I, I hope is there a new make in his in the tasting pack he's going to be getting? Because he needs, as a new make junkie, he needs to try this. <laughs> he'll he'll be getting both. Oh he'll be gosh. getting both the tasting packs. 
it, this this is this is remarkable new make. Really well done. Okay. Do you sell your new make, or you you just use it within the packs to kind of show what you're you're becoming? Or it's only, show yeah, it's what only happens within the packs. Wood? We've got so we've got no intention to sell new make in anything bigger than these sample pack bottlings. Um, we want to focus on releasing aged spirit but it's to give a glimpse yeah. of, of what's there and people have said to us I'll buy it I'll buy it in a bottle but, <laughs> yeah, but that's not what we're about so we're, funny, right? we're, we're Waiheke whiskey not Waiheke you make spirit <laughs> right right and, that, and that's <laughs> the thing it's it's always the geek's question and, and I, yeah. I include myself amongst that number right where I would love to be drinking some new make have some new make available and it's so interesting because producers always say the same thing we're not in the business of new make. New make is what we put in the cask. We're in the business of selling the mature stock. And it's just such an interesting kind of disconnect between geeks and producers. But I think mm. even to have it available in a tasting format, I, I think is is very kind and very generous. Um, yeah. We don't necessarily need to be buying full bottles of new make. but No, um, no. I, I certainly would. Is- yeah, and it I think that's it, just all. It really is nice. That's part of our our transparency and sharing the story. Is yeah. here's here's the new make. This this is what it is, <laughs> and this gives you an idea of what hopefully the the DNA or the thread that runs through all our whiskies is, and so that allows you that glimpse of Waiheke whiskey before it's whiskey. So so given that Mark opened the door for you, Colin, how, yeah. how do you present the new make? How do you describe it? So I think I think the main thing that runs through our whiskies, which perhaps you don't get as much on the nose as more so on the palate, is the salinity. So another thing that's perhaps an unexplained, but we're on an island, we're aging everything on the island. Is it coming off the sea? Who knows? Um, and so it's got a, a salinity on the nose. I think it's got more more cereal notes perhaps than fruit notes. Mm-hmm. Um, the fruits are probably currants. Those kind of currants maybe... Um, a little bit of blueberries, perhaps, and some earthiness. So it's quite an earthy, earthy, smoky whiskey spirit. <laughs> I, I love. <laughs> you haven't mentioned pear yet, and and that's mm. what I'm not necessarily finding on here is pear, which is usually quite pronounced in Scottish new make, but I'm not really finding it so much in this. Mm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think. On the palate, you get that salinity or kind of sea spray um, and quite a drying finish. So all our, all our whiskies have quite a drying finish. It, it sounds terrific. I, I think I closed my browser, but I was looking at your webpage earlier and I think I saw a description that was salinity and seaweed meets cigar smoke with um, a couple of toffees thrown in. Mm-hmm. And and I have to say you you had me at salinity and seaweed. Right? Everything after that was a bonus, but salinity and seaweed sounded magnificent. There's there's a good bit of grain presence as well though. It really it seems to be ticking a lot of boxes for a new make that salinity, the, the seaweed, I love that. But there's a grain quality to it as well, which is really it's it's hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think on one of the tasting notes, it might be on the new pack on, on um, Dog Gears, we talked about uh, Wheat Bix. Is that 
Mm. That's a product <laughs> in the US. Yeah. And, yeah. and I had to check my my UK, New Zealand English to make sure we were using the right term for New Zealand because in New Zealand it's wheat bix. In the UK it's ah. wheat abix. Yeah. I don't know what it is in the US. Uh, we'd a bit same spelling as Weed-a-bix. the UK, yeah. but only available in, in select stores. Okay. Certain pockets of America have it. Right. The British stores. Exactly. Same yeah. place you buy your double deckers. Yeah. So that so I think so I think that graininess. Maybe not so much on the peated because of the because the peat the smoke's covering over it a little bit, but I think more so on our non peated new make you get that wheat bix that that mm. green, that kind of wheat um, wheat element or cereal element. Yeah. Very nice. I think yeah. I was just thinking maybe we can talk a bit about the so the maltsters. So we're using well, we've used a few different maltsters, but the main one that we're working with now, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, is with Gladfields. And so Doug and Gabby Gladfields have been really really great partners to work with. I think to get yeah the the peated spirit or the peated malt more and more peatier. Um, so they're constantly yeah. working at how they can how they can up that peat level. Yeah, the Doug's a, a genius with. Uh, I mean, Gladfields have made a real mark for themselves with uh, New Zealand peated barley, um, and Doug and Gabby are an incredible success story. Really, sort of uh, built the whole thing themselves. Um, you know, um, from scratch down in down the South Island mm. in, in South Canterbury, um, mm. including building a lot of the the malt house themselves and the buildings and the um, the kilns and bits and bobs by hand and and so they've they they um, uh, and Doug himself basically taught himself how to uh, to to do peated malt. It's um it's it's wet peated. It's not dry peated. You know a lot of these we were over in Tassie recently and a couple of guys are trying to 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 peat um, post malted barley, um, but I think you know Doug's doing it right. And um, it really shows in, in the new mate the quality of uh, the spirit. But, you know, you're trying to compare always. The problem with this stuff is you're always trying to compare it to something you know, um, which is, you know, your peated, yeah. your peated stuff from Scotland. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that we're, we're really happy with where our new mate's at uh, now. Um, it's gone through a lot of different iterations. Um, but... It's how it interacts with the wood that's really fascinating, and, and what elements come out mm-hmm. with the barrels. And we're still learning all this stuff, you know. So um, we talked yeah. about port barrel before. I mean, the, you wait till that comes online. We had to make the port first because we couldn't get any port barrels. So, so Paddy, who's <laughs> our who's our distiller, is also a winemaker for Mudbrick, a very famous winery on the island. So, uh, you know, to get port barrels, we had to make port. So we made port for the winery. <laughs> for them first and and left it in there for a couple of years and then took the port out and then we put the peated whiskey in the barrels that we've made because you know wow. again you know a big part of our story is sustainability and again we could go on about that for a long time but you know shipping I mean everything we're trying to touch um, we're trying to do locally um, including learning how to recoup our wine barrels and use this fantastic resource that we've got here on site so pretty much the only mm-hmm. only barrels we've bought in have been our our bourbons um, and a couple of sherry barrels and even those we got from Australia rather than from Spain and everything else we've made ourselves we've done our own STRs we've done our own port uh, we've done our own wine barrel finishes and and that's just using what's around and what's local um, and so yeah it's a um, 
well, as you'll see as we work through the pack, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but it's um, hmm. we've we've done everything with purpose to try and see. It's just been so much fun. Just take the, yeah. take this stuff and stick it in a barrel and see what happens. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say actually on the on the wood there that I, I don't think I've seen a website be more transparent on the wood policy and the even the dechar rechar. There's the, the photo that you show of a, a red wine cask where you're saying, like, look, this this wine went in like a millimeter or two. Like there's still so much use from this barrel. And uh, I, I, for all of our listeners, it's well worth going to your website and looking over uh, those photos. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, thanks. So again, you know, how much of it is, you know, I mean, we'd be lying if we said, you know, this is... You know, we, we we had barrels around and they're discarded essentially. You know, they 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 once they've had that superficial extraction out of them, they're done. Um, and there's no yeah. there's no cooperage on the island, um, and so it's really you know knock the heads off and get to it with an angle grinder. And now now we have a spoke shave, but it was an angle grinder back in those days. Take all the take all the stuff <laughs> off, get the blowtorch out. Okay, how long are we going to char this for? You know, level one, level two, level three, um, and then and then just do three barrels. And this is literally what we've done. I mean, we took three wine barrels the same. Um, we charred them for different periods of time. Stuck the same new make in them, and because we age so fast, you know, mm. within two years you can tell what's going in what direction. Um, so mm. it's been an experimental, fun time. But um, because the wood that wood cost us nothing. Um, really, I mean, mm. they give away these barrels that they're, they're hundred bucks, you know, for a barrel. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. so, um, and they're good quality, beautiful American oak, French oak barrels. And they're like new, just that, just that little bit of wow. massaging is all you need. And there's no, I mean, we're not shipping them halfway around the world. I mean, they're just right there, <laughs> put them on the back of the, on the back of the truck and, and bring them over. Yeah. And I think that's where we're really fortunate that we have, there's like around 30 wineries on Wahiki Island. So there's an abundance of, wow. of wine barrels available. Um, we probably don't want to go too far down the route of becoming just a, a wine ski, um, a wine whiskey, but we have done some really interesting wine finishes. I think the, one of the things that we are still looking to expand upon or get more of as we start the new distillery going is more bourbon barrels, so fresh bourbon barrels. Mm -hmm. And if we can get a direct link to a bourbon distillery, shout out anybody listening, um, or anyone that knows one. Um, and so Good luck, man. Get, get in line. <laughs> so, so if we can get that steady stream, we've got that base of the bourbon barrels, and then we can do a lot of interesting stuff with the local wine barrels, which we've already done, and um, just the just the wine finishes. So, so here's my question on that, and I was thinking this when I was going over your website because I, I think you make the same point on the website that. Bourbon is really where, bourbon maturation is really where you want the distillery to live, and, and that's important. And you've just said the same thing, Colin. Given what you're saying about sustainability, given what you're saying about availability, given what you're saying about coopering and, and decharring, rechar, SDRing on site, why? Why keep bourbon in the equation, or, and, and why try to keep bourbon so important to the distillery when you seem to have these other opportunities what's what's guiding that one of the problems with 
the rapid maturation is just how hot things get so fast. Things get over oak real quick. Um, and the problem, the problem with the minute you shave and retoast a barrel. So there's a big differentiation here. We should maybe point out. So these are the minute you take a wine barrel and you shave and retoast it. It's no longer a wine barrel, right? We've shaved all of that wine out of there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. now a shaved and retoasted barrel, right? So that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And so if you said to me, um, if we continued with this current climate of shipping costs and environmental problems, what's going to happen to us in 10 years, then we're going to be reusing a hell of a lot more barrels than we do now. Um, and we're going to be reusing mm-hmm. these bourbon barrels. And the reason why we like bourbon is because it just works so well, as you'll see, hopefully, you'll think the same as us. It just works really well with our peat. So it introduces a creaminess and that um, just gentle softness. And, and in other words, to describe our whiskey as soft. Um, some people have described it as ethereal, mm-hmm. and, and, and which, is a, which is a weird term because often you, what you're expecting, I think our expectations of New World whiskey or young whiskey is often it's hot, it's, it's all over the place. Um, but what's happened with what we've been doing with the bourbon is it gives us a lovely soft finish. And we don't necessarily see that from our wine barrels, but maybe that's because we're not doing it right. That's quite that's quite mm. that's quite um, different to our wine barrel finishes, where we're literally mm. taking a barrel, rinsing it out. It's still had wine in it, and then, or even sometimes not rinsing it out, just literally emptying it, mm-hmm. chucking mm-hmm. like in our Chardonnay finish, yeah. and, and and so that's different. I mean, that's finishing um, an already established aged whiskey. Um, but I guess to answer your question, maybe I haven't, maybe maybe I've come across wrongly with the, what we've been doing, but we have been trying to get consistency. And where we get consistency um, is with our imported bourbon barrels. Uh, they're all JD barrels, and, mm-hmm. and they're all the same. So that gives us a level of consistency yeah. that we can achieve sure. that we sure. can't really get any other way at the moment until we're talking about clubbing together, two or three of us um, distilleries. Uh, this guy called Matt John's got a fantastic distillery in Pocono who also owns Talabardine. Um, oh, and yeah. um, he... Um, We've been talking about getting together and getting a machine that we can pop the barrels on and recoup them and you know clean them and char them and do it a little bit more um, uh, and get and a cooper between us and all this kind of stuff. So I think as we move forwards, uh, you know, the bourbon's been our really our only source of consistent barrels, um, and that's really the answer gotcha. to your question. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I appreciate I, I appreciate your transparency. I appreciate your thoroughness as well, Mark. It, the thing that, that gets me in listening to you is I've got Virginia Distillery Company down the road from me, and twenty five percent of their their current stock is in STR, uh, what they call cuvee, but they also have a high percentage of bourbon, ex-bourbon casts on site, and that ex-bourbon really allows their spirit to shine through. And in one of our, our recent episodes, you know, talking with Amanda Beckwith over there, we went through barrel by barrel by barrel, mm. going type, not individual barrels, uh, going over like, what are you seeing there? What's that style bringing to the table? And so to hear you talk about consistency and a nice baseline, that's what everything's built off of. It's a good thorough answer uh, to the question. So cheers. Thanks, mate. Do we have cheers? Should we try another whiskey? Or a whiskey. I think so. I think so. <laughs> this is thirsty work. Yeah, so what what should we go with next? So the moss next? Moss. Okay. So the mosses are 
pitted, of course, five-year-old. So again, we don't put five on the on the front label, but uh, distilled 2017, bottled 2022. And the barrel sequences, it's been an American oak, which has been shaved, toasted, and recharred, or dechar, rechar terminology. Uh, and then also an ex-bourbon. Yeah, the spirit shines through. There, there are notes from the new make that I'm also getting here. And what's the ABV on this? So this one's 44%. Four. Yeah. 44. Yeah. So it was interesting. That's an interesting. Yeah. yeah. When we, so when we were getting to the point of deciding what strength we're going to bottle these at, um, we tried them at different, at different strengths. I think Mark had already kind of had it at, at 44 and this was just about when I got on board with, with Waiheke whiskey. And we, we played around in the, in the barrel room with different strengths and I was trying to push for 46 because I love 46% and think it's a golden number. <laughs> but, we try, but we did try it at 44, at 46, at 50 and at straight out the cask. And actually at 44 was where the peak came through best. So as the alcohol uh, got higher, it just it lost the peatiness. So we did just pull it back down to 44 and I think it's just where it shines. Quick question regarding peatiness. You know, in, in Scotland, when we look at Kilhoman, Ardbeg, you know, just you, we can rattle off the names. They, they talk specifically about their PPM like you do. You're at 40 PPM. And quite often they find in the first couple of years, the peat actually seems to um, be amplified through the course of, of maturation. And then it dips back down. And then as the years go on, the peat just kind of gets matured out, just, just made much softer. What have you found, with this being a five-year-old, what have you found so far with your whiskeys, what your peat is doing on that maturation journey? Yeah, that, that's that's a really interesting question. I mean, the new make, obviously, you know, bang, it's peaty straight off the bat. Uh, it, yeah. You know, as I was saying about that Singaporean guy, by about the end of a year, um, you know, you could, uh, in the port barrels in particular, you know, it's got beautiful color already. It's blood red almost. Um, and it just tastes fantastic. Yeah. You know, when is the right time to release these whiskeys? Um is probably more the question, um, and hmm. and you can release them at different times, and it's a different thing. Um, and uh, is it better at ten years? It's different. Um, some people would say, um, you know, it's better. Um, we find definitely the peat is is absolutely right. So the peat's really full on. It mellows out with interactions with the wood. Um, mm-hmm. The tannins start to come out, and things the peat takes a back seat. Um, and then, mm-hmm. uh, but for us, what's interesting is, is that high ABV, um, you know, it's whether it's a spirit forward, um, drink or a wood forward drink. And the, the higher ABVs definitely masks the peat. Um, and the peat's better at lower ABV. And if you put a drop of water in the new maker and this, the peat comes out even more. Um, but over mm-hmm. time the peat mellows. Um, and so for us, almost getting some of this peat out at three years would give us a much more peaty whiskey, which is kind of where we've been driving towards a bit more peat, bit more peat, bit more peat. But then, you know, we've had opportunity to test this in our bar. So we've got a, we've got a, we've got a, a bar called the Hickey with a, um, with a, uh, on the Island. Uh, it's a restaurant bar 
uh, with a local brewery. And, um, you know, the sherry finish is the most popular, but the moss is a very popular drink um, behind the bar. Because I think I think the, just the peat heads do seek us out, but most people aren't looking for that level of peatiness. That maybe we are, the geeks are. Wow. It's so it's so funny, you know. It, it, you you keep talking about peat, and this is unlike any other peated whiskey that I've had. And so, my mind or my palate is trying to it's trying to make sense of it because it doesn't come off as peat. It comes off almost toasty and soft and warm. And, and and then earthy, but there's not necessarily, I mean, there's, it doesn't resemble Isla in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I would, I would say that but, so often people talk yeah. about the difference between like Isla peat and Highland peat and yeah. Isla peat being more iodine and Highland peat being more sweeter or uh, maybe a bit citric. And I think that Waiheke whiskeys, or, or sorry, I should say New Zealand peat sits to the other side of of Highland peat. So mm. so it's 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 not next to Isla oh. peat. It's, it's over the other side of, mm. of Highland peat, I would say. So it's more on that yeah. sweet side of the spectrum. Yeah. There's a beautiful like bright citrusy finish at the end. I, I wouldn't even call it citrusy, but a, there's a brightness at the end, almost like a like a confectioner's sugar just sort of mm-hmm. pops with a brightness and then and then fades out. This is really lovely. One of the main notes I get always on the nose on this one is like licorice. Mm. It's quite like a dark licorice note. Um, I hosted a tasting with this and there was one guy that was just perplexed at saying, how, but how do you get that flavor of Irish moss in there? And I was saying, what? what's Irish moss? And I don't know if that's a thing in the US or not, but it was something that I hadn't come across yet. I've been in New Zealand for seven years, but I hadn't come across Irish moss, which is like cough cough drops that you get at the pharmacy. And so they've oh, got a bit of a, a, I think like a licorice kind of menthol perhaps um, flavor to them. And so this guy was just completely confused at how we actually get the taste of Irish moss cough drops into the whiskey. It, is, <laughs> is Irish moss as intense as Fisherman's Friend? Do you have Fisherman's Friend down by you? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we do. do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's similar, but it's not okay. as intense. Okay. It's yeah. a little chewy. Yeah. It's a little chewy candy, um, sugar-coated candy with this Irish moss stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. so it was curious as well, just that that we'd called the whiskey moss, and this guy was just getting <laughs> Irish moss. Yeah. Right. On it. <laughs> yeah. What's the uh, what's the story behind moss, or or is it just that? Peat, peat moss, and you're trying to highlight the peaty aspect of your whiskey. Well, it's it's not. It's really it's not. It's to almost take away from the peaty aspect of it. I mean, it's uh, it's what it reminded us of. I guess it's a bit onomatopoeic in a way, but it's sphagnum moss. Uh, a lot of yeah. it's sphagnum moss peat anyway. Um, we have rested ad peat, mm. peat bogs um, that are quite different than the high water content peat bogs. Um, this is a shallow peat. Mm. Um, made of rushes, oh, rushes okay. and flax and moss, um, and uh, you know sedges and stuff, and, and uh, compacted down. And so it just imparts that, and it just had that sort of forest floor, gentle earthiness to it that 
just reminds you of like a mossy mossy blanket or something like that. And so that we just sort of, we yeah. name our whiskies after various certain geeky things. And this was just what this was just a great name for this whiskey. It just tasted like moss, so we called it moss. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's what it says on the back. Sometimes they name themselves. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. What What else is in your peat? So you've got you've got flax, sphagnum moss. Is do you ever find eucalyptus yep. showing oh, up yeah. in your peat? Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah eucalypts and uh, these podocarps, eucalypts, um, manuka and kanuka are is tea tree. So. Um, uh, we have that's a predominant native um, and a big component of that. So tea tree, eucalyptus, you can taste all those things, sandalwood, you know, jasmine, um, all those flavors are kind of in there, wedged in uh, into this yeah. this moss. Um, and it's a happy it's just we just thought it it was quite a nice gentle introduction, a gateway into New Zealand peat really. Uh, because peat is just such a divisive word, you know. When people come in and I always ask mm-hmm. them at, at the bar, you know, what, what would you normally drink? Oh, I don't like that peaty stuff, that lager, whatever it's called, you know. <laughs> They'll say <laughs> that lager, <laughs> lager stuff or Lafroy or the stuff that tastes like burning hospitals. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that, so, um, and so well, it's like the moss and, no, oh, I like that. What's that? Well, it's our peated whiskey, but it's a, a different type of peat and that's kind of, how we get you hooked it, it's yeah. so tough right to have somebody walk in and say oh I don't like those PD scotchies and then yours is nothing like that right it, it seems it, I've always said this you know we've talked about American whiskey and Scottish whiskey it's, it's the same it's, the, it's a shame it's the same word because they're doing very different things and it's a shame the word peat is consistent mm. between those two because it seems like your flavour profile is is presenting something else, right? To the point that people like it when they don't necessarily like Isla Pete, which not everybody likes Isla Pete. Yeah, I think I think also, you know, it's what people are introduced to the first time round. And if you're having a, you yeah. know, a Lafroy or an Ardbeg, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted, um, and they can put you off Pete pretty quickly. And also, people maybe try that early on in their whiskey journey, and and then slip back to something not so peaty and, and oh yeah I prefer that and you know that certainly happened to me I mean you know we over time we grew to love peat and then I became a peat head but I did start there um, and so we were pretty conscious of that when we and of course we, this is our first foray to the public right what are we who are we what are we going to be you know um, and 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 you've got a relatively uh, what's the right word the New Zealand public, this is a New Zealand whiskey, um, and we've got to try and put our best foot forward. Uh, what do we do? How do we do that? How do we get that out there? We've got to be careful with high ABV um, because, you know, that, that although the geeks love high ABV, your average person picking up a pack or buying it for granddad doesn't love high ABV. So, again, all of these things, all these things, you know, were, were really important to us when we thought, well, how are we going to launch this thing? What are we going to do? That's why we put the pack out. So we've got high ABV in the pack, but we've also got low ABV in the pack. So, you know, that's why we put everyone said, why would you do that first? Why don't you do a first release bottle? Because that kind of really railroads you into something that we're not, which is we're not a high volume mm. producing distillery at the moment. We might become that. Uh, but right now we're still sussing out 
we're just showing the world what New Zealand can do, I guess. I love that idea from you as well, as you were talking earlier. We had something very similar, not being producers, but when we put out our Kilhoman four-year-old in our first three bottles, and people said, this is fantastic. Can you imagine what it would be like at eight or 10 or 12? And we said the same as you, Mark, which was, it would be different, right? Mm. It, It wouldn't be this version of it, but aren't you loving that version of it? And they would say, ah, four seems a bit young, or ah, it seems a little bit raw. It's like, you loved it a second ago, right? And so for you as both a geek and a producer, in listening to you, you seem to be striking that balance where you are trying to say, look, we we could put this cask into this bottle tomorrow and it'll be an example of that cask tomorrow. Or we could sit on it for Mm -hmm. two more years and put that into bottle. Do you have moments where you, I'm trying to ask this the right way, but where you're kind of not quite second guessing yourself, but everything seems possible at once. And do you then sometimes have paralysis from that just kind of general excitement? Oh, <laughs> I think that probably de- <laughs> that, just, that, that, that defines us. <laughs> That's not a question. That's who we are. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't have a brand for. I mean, we only just got a brand like last year, I mean, because there were so many iterations of mm. who Waikiki Whiskey was and what the name was, and and uh, you know, so so. And I, I guess the brand you, enter, you entered into you entered into spirits competitions under. Was it Izzard first? Was yeah, the first just one? under my name. It was because, us? Yeah, just under Izzard. Oh, oh wow. Uh, because we just didn't didn't really know who we were or what we were doing. We were just making whiskey. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, we were making whiskey for making whiskey's sake. I mean, that's really what we were doing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, we, we've all got day jobs um, still. And, um, you know, it, this is a hobby that got really out of hand. <laughs> pretty quickly <laughs> um, but we started off making whiskey for whiskey's sake and then when you do that I guess you're just concentrating on the whiskey and bottling and the packaging and the peripherals just the last thing that a lot of these brands kind of I get created as brands they're selling new make they're selling gin they're selling vodka um, we did it the other way around we just made the whiskey kept making the whiskey um, and then when we were ready to do it we thought okay now it's ready to release and we've got stuff to back ourselves up and we've got a nice catalog of stuff we can release and keep keep people interested in it and and mm. try and make it the geeks way of making whiskey i guess which is making whiskey for whiskey's sake and um so yeah and so with that comes this huge back catalog of what are we going to do what are we going to release first what abv <laughs> how much you know, um, what, how are we going to price it? You know, we don't want to make it crazy yeah, expensive. Yeah. Like a lot of the New Zealand whiskeys yeah, have been yeah. 300 bucks a bottle and it's like, you know, well, we don't really want to do that. Um, so, um, because we want people to buy it and drink it. Um, and then, yeah, so the tasting pack idea, whether or not it's a good idea or a bad idea will, will be seen. But the idea was, well, let's try and get as much of our whiskey just to show we're not a one horse you know, show just to get our, our whiskey yeah. out there, different varieties quickly. And then people can say, oh, I like that one, don't like that one. All these guys are serious about what they're doing, I guess. And that's hence on the tasting mat, you know, we've tried to be as inclusive with the information as we can um, for people to see what we've been up to. 
I know you yeah. said a moment ago that you're. I don't know if it no, the no, you, you did. You did. It's just Jason's. <laughs> Jason's got to follow up because that's what Jason does. But it's. You said a moment ago about getting as much of this out and kind of seeing where it lands and seeing how how it resonates. Do you? Is there a part of you when you're lying in bed at night, you are thinking about what a standard offering might look like, what form that would Is there a goal to get to a standard offering, whether that's four years from now, 10 years from now, or two months from now? Is there an idea of that resonating with you? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there has to be. I mean, I think that, um, mm. I think that, you know, it's all, all well and good doing what we're doing at the moment. And that's because we're, you know, we're having fun. Uh, we're having fun and we're trying to establish. Um, but it's also a bit of market research too. I mean, what sells, what doesn't sell, what people like, what they don't like. Um, yeah. And yep. uh, yeah, sure, we can pig-headedly make what we want and, and forever and this is what we're doing and you better like it. And if you don't like it, well, <laughs> you know. And sure, the long tail is probably out there too and probably people will buy it. But as we, you know, we've got the capacity to make thousand bottles a day with a new distillery you don't want to be doing that and people not liking it so so if we do and that's but that's fun too because we're gonna we we really know oh we really know the direction we're heading in which is sort of towards the end of this tasting pack when you're starting to get into the cirrus and the bog monster you you see our dna you know where we want to be um and I guess the big thing is, are we going to be just petered or non-petered? And I think we've decided we're going to be both. Um, we're going to do a Waikiki whiskey petered and a Waikiki whiskey non-petered. Um, and a couple of barrel finishes here and there are special releases. But predominantly, yes, there's going to be a profile. We're going to stick to it. And, and that's what it is. And we'll have, we'll have our core ranges, which will be in different batches. So, so batch two of Moss might not be quite the same as batch one of Moss. Um, sure. And then we'll have Ceres. This is Ceres 1, which is the next one in our tasting pack. And then there'll be a Ceres okay. 2 and a Ceres 3 and so on and so forth. And oh, then okay. the main non-peated release, which is part of the core range, is called the Sweet Water. So that's in the, the Dog Years tasting pack, the tasting pack 02. So we've got a lot of, a lot of numbers and codes and um, <laughs> release numbers in the Ceres 1 and Ceres 2s. Yeah. Um, but th- those will essentially be the, the core range but with batch variation between them and then special releases as well. So special release like Bog Monster, that comes under the, the SC. There'll be a, a tasting pack for that as well, which is special circumstances, which Mark can talk more to the name on that one. And <laughs> But then SC also for single cask. So so special single cask releases. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So the SC, SC. The SC, SC. Well, the idea is, is that... Um, so we split the range into four. It's, it may be seem initially confusing, but it's pretty simple. So we've got peated, non-peated, and then um, uh, we've got wine finishes um, and sherry finishes. So, so um, sherry sort of sits on its own category, I think, um, and wine we've made a category. And we've color-coded them. So green will be anything that's peated. Light blue is anything that's non-peated. A deep dark blue is a sherry finish, and that may be peated or non-peated. And then our red is our wine barrel finishes, which are predominantly red wine barrels. Um, and then special circumstances is anything that we think that stands out that's a single cask um, that will release super geeked whiskey. So high ABV or yeah. single cask or whatever, and that's our black label. So we split it into sort of, you know, that's, that's the idea moving forwards. And we'd like to continue with that um, if we can. 
um, because I think that there's something for everybody there, um, and we're, not, we're never going to be a, you know, we're ne- never going to be the super high volume um, that uh, um, that warrants that single 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 product. Um, but sure. hopefully, we can get enough of a following that people say, oh, I quite like that Sherry finished PT one, the series one, or the series two. Mm. And I think with different releases, also it's it's part of the story, and it's an opportunity for people to compare them and say batch one compared to batch two to batch three of <laughs> Moss, and and potentially do a do a tasting with a, a vertical lineup of different yep. batches of Moss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. If if geeks can do it with our big ten, they can do it with anything, <laughs> right? Anything. <laughs> And I've been among that number as well, so I know of what I speak. So the the Cirrus one, this is your sherry cask finish. Yeah, yeah. So did, it, did I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we actually use, as Mark mentioned before, casks that came from Australia. So in Australia, a number of years ago, they stopped using the term sherry. It's mm. in any official documentation, but it's still widely used because that's what people know it as. But the term in Australia is apera. So a p e r a. Sure. Uh, so Apera yeah. just means Australian sherry. So it's it's um, it's Pedro Jimenez, is the grape, um, okay. and so it's been in American oak and then finished in in PX. Yeah, it's and got so a the, great nose to it. And the name behind this one, Ceres, um, spell check doesn't like it and always wants to change it to Ceres, <laughs> but it's spelled S E R I S, and so that's from the Arabic name for sherry, sorry, or Jerez. So oh. that's the back to the origin Smart. origins of of Sherish. There you go. Yeah, Sherish, yeah. Ah, that's great. Yeah, it's um before you were mentioning the cast that it was in, I I got raisins, like golden raisins on the nose and that's that's right there. So that now that makes sense. Yeah. And this one's at 42% rather than 44%. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay, so now so, yeah. we need to know. What's forty-two percent? What was behind that one again, Mark? I forget. Oh, I mean, this is a crowd pleaser, really. Um, yeah. We needed a, we needed a crowd pleasing whiskey, um, and the sherry bombs are, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, how do I put it? I mean, if we're putting out a Geats whiskey, I, I don't just necessarily think the sherry is the is the is for me the true I think the sherry barrel maybe masks a bit of what's going on and so um, Mm -hmm. in my perverted brain I think of well let's make (laughs) if this if this is the sherry finish it's not necessarily our true DNA it's not necessarily the true representation of of our peated whiskey this is a whiskey we've made that people are like sherry whiskies that might like and 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 it just drank really nicely at 42 um, and and we just wanted something in the pack that was really approachable, um, that was just mm-hmm. nice and easy to drink. Um, and, you know, you might gift this to somebody that wasn't necessarily into, into really heavy whiskies and maybe, maybe your dad would like this one. Or, and so the idea behind this one and in our, in our non-peated range, the Sweetwater too, was to, this is really the, the most approachable whiskey that we've made um, as far as the peated range goes. So it's that real peat introduction with the sherry sweetness um, and an approachable ABV that's sensible drinking, that's easy drinking, that's something that people just might like. And that was the idea behind it. Mm. Um, Ceres 2 and Ceres, Ceres 3 
is is up at fifty odd percent and is and is a PT sucker. Um, but you know, <laughs> let's let's introduce that one later down the track when we've got people calm down a bit and say, okay, well, I quite like that. I mean, sure, we risk alienating a few of the geeks, but then you know, we do have that. You know, the idea is that you know we explain what we're doing and why we're doing it, and um, and uh, in our special circumstances range, we're releasing releasing a whiskey called Cantankerous. Which is a Muscat finish, which is up at 48%, which is you know a really hardcore mm. um, um, sherry style whiskey um, that will satisfy people, I think. So uh, the, the idea is is that we kind of, I guess I guess we're being at what you, what you said before, we're touching our base, we're covering all our bases. Here. <laughs> you know, we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to gently bring people into the fold of this is what we can do, this is what we can make, and what do you like, and let us know, and this is what we like. Does that make sense? But I also think, given what you'd said earlier about not chill filtering and not colouring, so that means your 42% is is neither of those two things, correct? Correct. So, so, so how is that not appealing to a geek, right? Like, I think for us as geeks, I think we get scared by the 42 because, well, now we know it's being chill filtered and it's being coloured. For yeah, you to come yeah. along and say, listen dude or dudette right this is this is 42 percent. we haven't touched it we've we've brought it down to 42 give it a try i think that that sounds exciting that sounds interesting and then it's your transparency that's carrying the geeks it doesn't Mm. have to be high octane liquid it doesn't have to be you know the biggest sherry in the world i think there's a way you're i think you're presenting yourself in a way that continues to be appealing to geeks um, yeah. And I, I, I love what I'm hearing. And that, that is one of the things that actually I realized when I took some or heaps of Waiheke whiskey over to Scotland when I was over in August <laughs> and just pouring it for different Sorry, people. Sorry, we missed friends you. And, yeah, I know. We were yeah. so close. <laughs> I could, yeah, I know. Yeah, you were there just after, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just yeah, before so I, and, and just after. Just before and just after, yeah. Um, so, I, so I caught up with Jess when I was there and caught yep. up with other, other whiskey friends and... One comment that I picked up on that somebody said was that they immediately just looked at the ABV and assumed it would be non-chill yep. filtered. Yep. Oh, sorry, assumed yep. it would mm-hmm. be chill filtered. So, yep. so that is something that obviously we need to educate on and uh, talk about. But it's something that I've not yet noticed if anything happens to it when it gets to cold temperatures. Have you noticed anything, Mark? If it gets uh, any haze or well, this is I think I, it filled up pretty well I mean, as far if you as I see. Well, if you want to get super geeky, um, filtration, and we can yes. we can sit down and talk for a day <laughs> on filtration, um, and there's lots of ways of doing it, um, a non-chill filter, that a simple filtration, and you just have to look to the wine industry or you can look to other places. One of the things, one of the beautiful things about your first question was, you know, if, by not having inspiration from anyone, um, means and being being away from everybody just means that you just get on with it and just try things. <laughs> and we haven't been doing. Mm-hmm. We don't have access to all the, the 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 gear and the stuff that you have over there. And we just make do with what we've got. And and so a lot of and there's a big wine industry and they don't chill filter stuff and and um, you know and and so we did lots of different filtration trials. And um, in the end, we found that the less we filtered it, the better it tasted. 
Um, and really all we needed to do <laughs> and, and all we really needed to do was to get the bits out of it, um, you know, bits of wood and bugs and twigs and stuff like that. And then once we got, once we got those out of it, um, uh, uh, and just put it through a polishing filter, I mean, that's all we needed to do. And, and for people to understand that, sure, if you put ice in it, it might go a bit cloudy, you know, well, so what? Um, so that's really yeah, kind of exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So that's where we ended up um, with it, and we were just determined to put it out where we wanted to, and so Cirrus One came out at forty-two. No, that that that's mm. cracking though, and, and you know, Josh and I have talked this before on the podcast, and you know, we were drinking with James Saxon of Compass Box uh, in London, and the Spaniard was on the shelf, and it was forty-three percent. And, and we'd have a, a conversation with James, like, 43, like, what have you just done 46? And he said, but but it tasted better at 43. And so there's, there's that part to yeah. it of, I think as geeks, we need to be careful of falling into the types of patterns and traps that we um, accuse, you know, the more mainstream, more mainstream drinker of falling into. Like, we, we need to be careful how we how we talk and think and present ourselves and I think we need to be alert and listen to producers coming along saying look don't walk away just because it says 42 like hang hang around for 30 more seconds and listen and and I think there's something valuable to be learned there and then the, the fact that the punchline to that is it tasted better there like that that's what geeks want to hear that's what we all want to hear is you spent time thinking about it and it tasted good and now we've presented it to you. Like, let's not overcomplicate things. <laughs> like, like, I commend you on that. Yeah, I, I, I think we as geeks should want to hear that. There are still some that just, nope, it's not, it's not at least 46. We have a friend, I won't drop names, but if it's not in the mid-60s or up, he, he, just doesn't, he just doesn't want it. It doesn't matter if it tastes amazing. He doesn't want it. Yeah, he wants it in the 70s. <laughs> in the 70s. <laughs> and that's where I think it's almost important to to maybe even blind taste things. And then, mm. like, like again, maybe going back to the age thing about tasting it and saying, guess what age you think that is? And they think it's much mm. older than it is. So maybe even taste it and they'll probably go, that's probably 46. Because it's still got the good texture, I think, <laughs> even at the 42. Yeah. It's got that yeah. mouthfeel. Yeah. And I don't think it loses anything for being at 42. Yep, yep. It, it had a, a, a peppery quality across the palate that that made it seem brighter, more more lively, and therefore it, it almost felt as if it was a higher ABV because of that peppery quality to it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of ABVs, we've got we've got one last whiskey to taste, and we also have one one sort of um, question we like to get everybody out on, but. The, the Bog Monster is 46%, which is that magic ABV we were talking about. I, there you go. Everyone's happy now. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners Finally. can stop driving off the road. Finally. Oh, thank God. Got there in the end. Jeepers. 
<laughs> I do love in the, over the course of this conversation, Mark, you have made a mockery of alcohol strengths. Like, I, I really love taking that away from this conversation where now 46 doesn't mean anything more than 42 or the 44. But boy, do we feel comfortable because we've heard it. Like, it's, it's such bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, we just, at the end of the day, we've kind of, we've got to like it. If we don't like it, we don't want to put it out. So if we like it, we'll put it out. Hopefully you'll like it. And I think one of the things we've discovered is is that people, yeah, we're always, there's people that are not going to like it. There's people that are going to like it, people that aren't. And, and, yeah. um, but hopefully there's enough people out there that like it. And that's really who we're looking for. And maybe some people that will say, I didn't like it to start off with, but now I do. And so, yeah, we kind of stick to our guns, which is that first question, the other question you asked about, you know, being paralyzed by and then you've just got to go for it yeah. and just say, well, look, I'm going to put out yeah. what I like. Yeah. And hopefully the tale's long enough that there'll be other people like me. And, um, yeah. And Colin's actually, I mean, a bit amazing. So, uh, well, here's the team. So you've got, we've got Tony Denny, who's an amazing brewer. So a great, a great new mate comes from a great wash. Um, you've got Eric, who's a crazy engineer, mm-hmm. who's designed this great gear for us. Uh, Ricky is a beekeeper who's just in touch with nature, who just helps he's just amazing to have around Paddy is a great one he's one young young winemaker of the year like three or four times he's incredible talent to bring to whiskey with that history of wine ferments Hmm. and stuff and he's got an awesome palate Um, and then Colin who's just got this encyclopedic knowledge of whiskey and and has a great palate and and so you know you put all these things together and and what we're doing is creating this thing little little collective of people that um you know, uh, and add my wife in for a bit of common sense. <laughs> she keeps us one. <laughs> um, just so that so we get stuff done, actually. So we get stuff done, so we don't disappear instead into our navels instead of just talking about it. <laughs> so, uh, and then, so that's kind of what Waiki Whiskey is. Um, and it's just having fun making whiskey um, and then just giving you an expression of our fun. Um, and uh, which is hopefully it reflects in kind of what you drink. Mm-hmm. Bog monster. Um, it, <laughs> I, I want to hear uh, Colin describe this before I give out my notes because I have some very specific notes here, and I'm curious if I'm right. From curious, I'm curious if our palates align. <laughs> um, so, I've got, so bog monster is the most peated of of this peat pack. So the previous two were lightly peated. This is heavily peated. Heavily peated currently where we stand maybe isn't quite the same as heavily peated for it's not an Octomore um, or for <laughs> other, other Scotch whiskies you might be familiar with but there's more a bit more smoke but also some different characteristics that come across due to the different barrel sequence. So we've used some virgin oak okay. in this. So I think you do get more vanilla and toffee coming through in the nose. Um, but a cinnamon on the palate. Look at the three of us sipping while Jason just watches on. <laughs> Envious. Sorry, I'm, man. I'm, I'm sitting I'm sitting with our uh, listeners right now. Like I'm like, okay, how's this working for our <laughs> listeners? <laughs> so I think that that pepperiness is still there in the palate. Mm-hmm. Um, dark chocolate, cacao. And earthiness, and again the salinity, and drying finish. 
Okay. Wow. You, so you and I have some different palettes going on. Right. The, the most immediate thing I got was uh, cranberry sauce. Cranberry it was this sauce. sort of yeah, this sort of red red berry sharp bitterness going on mm-hmm. in there, and a little bit of pine like balsam or fir or something like that. That's what was first presented to me on the nose. After having a sip, that's where the that's where the smoke starts to come in, and this is the first time for me tasting through these where the peat presented itself as smoke rather than in an earthiness on the palate. This may be the fruitiest whiskey of the three for my palate. It's very, very dense, almost jammy, but then it, but it's sitting atop this backbone of peat. The peat is the backbone, but the, the jammy fruitiness is kind of adding a bit of, it's putting some pressure on the backbone there. It's, it kind of wants to, overtake but it but it doesn't fully that's beautiful yeah i see what you mean and i think going back to abv maybe this one does have that touch more texture <laughs> mm. thanks to the 46 percent, so it's got a bit more oiliness i mean the, the camphor yeah the camphor is that bitterness i think that um we in our toast in our tasting notes i mean the the sweet, but the maple bacon, the the sweetie kind of bacony stuff comes across for me, with a bit of citrus, with a bit of lemon, so that gives you that that sort of conflicting. It's a, it's an interesting mm-hmm. the thing sure. that really is a mismatch for me is the nose and the palate on this whiskey. In fact, all of our whiskeys in some ways, but this one particularly is the nose and the palate are quite different for me. But um, you know, both we. We initially entered this at high ABV we, at 55%. Um, we called it Bog Monster because it was a monster. It was, a, it was from the peat bogs, and it was a very high ABV whiskey. Uh, we've stuck it at a couple of competitions, and it bombed. Um, and wow. and we, just, wow. we just didn't get – and then we just took it down to 46, and it, won, it actually won Best World Whiskey this year. It won, took out the trophy. These are the Spirits Awards. Out of 184 blind tastings, everything outside Scotland and Ireland, wow. it won. Um, and it just goes to show, I think, the ABV and, and where it sits. And, and and we just wanted to put a really heavy ABV whiskey out there. Um, and it taught us a lesson, which is, I think, in these blind tastings, too, um, you know, ABV isn't everything. Um, and so we pulled it back to 46, and all of a sudden it started winning goals. It's pretty much won a medal and everything we put it in. Um so, you know, that was a good lesson to us. And I think, you know, a couple of distilleries in New Zealand have, have released their whiskies at high ABV, um, which is a really brave move, really high ABV. Um, it costs more, smaller bottle. It's expensive to put out. You're really trying to educate people. You're trying to educate people about high ABV. And sure, you hit the geek market, but uh, you switch a lot of people off. And so, you know, we just didn't want to switch people off initially. But you know, as we go through our packs and special circumstances, you know, you're going to get some 10 year old whiskey in there. That's up at the fifties. Cantankerous is 48. This is 46. So, um, we will gently release when we think we're ready for it. We'll gently release those ones that we think drink better at those higher ABVs, but bog monster settled at 46. (laughs) They're all drinkers. This one is my favorite. I'm, I'm not sure if it has anything to do with, 
the ABV, just <laughs> overall the flavor profile just hits. I've got, I've got just, I'm sorry, one, one real quick question before we go into our final one. I like how you, you talked about the, there's a delineation between the nose and the palate, and they are almost two different spirits in a way. Yeah. Usually in whiskey, that's, that's not seen to be a great quality. In this case, I think it's been a great, evol- it almost felt like an evolution of spirit. And it reminded me of how people drink Sotol, right? Which is a, a Mexican spirit. And that spirit is meant to have this, this disconnect <laughs> between the nose, the palate, and the finish. And it's more viewed at as an, as an evolution. Do you see your own spirits as, do you see that disconnect as an evolution for the the drinking experience or do you view it as something you feel you need to to close the gap between the nose and the palate? I've never really thought about it, (laughs) to be honest. I mean, (laughs) uh, in that that way, I should, sorry, I don't mean to be rude. I I mean, I I haven't really thought about it in that way of an evolution. Um, I, I think that, it is what it is. Um, as far as, mm. um, you know, we made bog monster. Um, we were, mm. uh, this is quite different in the way that we deliberately crafted this whiskey and, and cantankerous is the same in that the barrel sequence, we yeah. were experimenting with virgin Oak. It didn't work out great. It got hot really fast with our angel share. Mm. It went crazy over oaked. We, you know, we have to pull it back into bourbon just to calm things down a bit, which is a kind of reverse of how you normally do things. Um, but yeah, it sure. created these, it created these, these beasts we call the bog monster. And, and I, I think my comment on the nose and palate, the disconnect there is it sneaks up on you on this whiskey. Um, you're expecting one thing, yeah. you get something else, uh, which are both pleasant. Um, but I wouldn't be lying if I said that was a conscious thing that we set out to do. Um, and, um, you know, okay. it's not, it was just, <clears throat> and then when we, it's it just, everybody liked this whiskey. I mean, it was a, it was a, a common yeah. thread that would, and the, and the packs arranged in this way, you know, you start off with a new make, you get a little bit of peatiness in the moss. We divert off into a bit of an easy drinking sherry, and then you dip into the, into the bog at the end. Um, and, uh, you know, if you ask me where I'd like Waiheke whiskey to go, it's definitely the Bog Monster direction, where we're getting mm. a bit more, uh, more of that new. I think our new make shines best in this in the Bog Monster. Um, I, uh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having said all that about ABV, we're up around forty six percent, so maybe there's something in that. But <laughs> we're not going to admit that now. <laughs> yeah, but um, but then I... <laughs> we're all whiskey geeks, right? So I mean. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I mean, and we do want to make geeky whiskey. Hopefully we do make geeky whiskey. Um, and, but the nose palate disconnect mm-hmm. thing is, is something that everybody points out on this whiskey, yeah, but not necessarily in a bad way. Uh, but I think that Mm-mm. this is, this is a special circumstance, which is special circumstances is a tribute to Ian Banks, who's one of my favorite authors. And, um, Ian passed away, as you know, and a huge loss, both in science fiction and the yeah. non science fiction. Um, and Cantankerous is is named after one of his spaceships out of the Culture series. And special circumstances, <laughs> special circumstances is an odd to Ian uh, Banks and what an incredible guy he was, an author and 
And I think that, nice. you know, these, um, the Bog Monster is uh, in one of our special circumstances, whiskeys. I mean, there's not much of it. It was an experiment gone wrong, a monster that had a happy ending. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, a bit of a Frankenstein, if you like. Um, but um, w- what we've tried to do over the years is say, well, that's our, what we like. And let's try and how do we replicate that? But how do we get that more cohesive whiskey? Uh, moving forwards and and i think you'll see as we evolve that we'll 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 tighten up let's just get things a little bit tighter a little bit more together um but um it's fun nonetheless and fun fun and and quality are those two things that kind of that we try and put together uh, in the whiskey it's not all serious i mean scotch is pretty serious right whiskey's a serious business right you can't you can't mess around with it too much um but um yeah we're having fun and hopefully that comes through in what we're doing it comes through in the conversation jason won't know this it comes through in the spirit as well yeah to, <laughs> to be honest to be honest if the packet come in i've got such a horrible head cold right now that i wouldn't be tasting much anyway so um, i'm okay i'm not gonna say i feel okay about the development but i feel okay about the development so i will enjoy them at a later date you can enjoy them when you come and visit as well there you go. Oh, as soon as you send me my plane ticket, I am there, Colin. Yeah. I am there. Okay. <laughs> make, make it pluralized. You'll have to do two plane tickets. <laughs> Your plane ticket's on its way on a slow boat. <laughs> Jason, you want to get us out of here on our yeah, final so, question? So we, so we always get out of here in the same way, and I feel like you know, you, you've both been discussing it through the entire interview today, but if, if there's one or two things you want to... Uh, focus in on it if you're able to but we always finish by saying looking at the year ahead and and I'm envious you're just about to enter summer so damn you (laughs) both and I hope you have a wonderful season Um, but as you look at the year ahead what are you most excited about uh, for for yourselves for your businesses for what you're staring square in the face yeah this is a huge year I mean we've both got some stuff to talk about but i mean i I think for us the launch of our new distillery which is a custom built um uh you know it's carbon zero um distillery we've built this thing which is using renewable energy we've done a deal with prime energy for hydro and geothermal power steam electric fired steam boilers um that comes online commissioning in march we've got a special guest star coming out to help us with this we can't talk about right now but maybe later you'll see to help us right. uh, with our, um, you know, so we're, you know, we're messing with the big boys now. I think that's what they say. So we've built a big distillery, oh boy. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're very excited about where all this talent that we've got around us can can take take this idea mm. of take. We've, we're incredibly blessed. I mean, we've got fantastic water. We've got great organic barley. Um, we've got great climate. Um, and we've got, um, you know, this, we've moved away from fossil fuels, um, you know, we, our bottles, recycle glass, we use a screw cap, which is probably, I'll just squeeze that in at the end <laughs> before we set, set another, forget ABV. What about a screw cap? Oh my God. <laughs> um, uh, you know, made a recycled PTFE. That's and, a beautiful screw cap that, that you, we're seeing. You're, right you're in good company. This is the, the future of single cask nations. So, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that all of these things are really exciting as we, I mean, and Colin, well, as we release our, our big bottles to the, to the world, I mean, we've only released 
you know, 500 of each of our Series 1 and MOS. But um, this year coming, we're going to launch the whole goddamn shooting match to the world and uh, and also outside of New Zealand. So that will be very exciting to see how we go and how it's received. Um, launching the new distillery um, where people come and visit and do tours and tastings on site is going to be fantastic. Um, so um, that's both um, exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time, but that's where that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Colin's just looking forward to having time to sell, to sell, aren't you, Colin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I've been so I've been in this I've been in this role as Waikiki Whiskey sales rep, brand ambassador for about a year, with not a lot to sell yet. So I've been I've been pouring it for people, letting them taste it, and they're saying, "Where can we buy it?" And saying, "Oh, you can't buy it yet. Sorry, you can't buy it yet." Um, and so yeah, we've had issues with packing supplies delays of packaging uh-huh. and things like that so that's helped uh-huh. us back amongst other things so I'm sure yeah you and jess had lots to talk about on this front <laughs> yeah, uh, when absolutely. you were drinking together at the bond so okay yeah yeah so yeah so look, looking forward to being able to actually sell something and i'm definitely looking forward to getting into the new distillery again when i came on board was when we were just starting to transition from the old stills over to building the new distillery and the hecky was just mm. opening the, the restaurant bar mm-hmm. So I've not had a chance to get hands-on yet and, and mash and, and make whiskey. And so I'm looking forward to actually getting behind the scenes and seeing how it's made and seeing nice. my hand my hand did a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like an incredibly exciting time. I, I know you've said, Mark, that you, you and your team have been working on this for over a decade under the radar like that that radar is well and truly turned on and focused on you all right now like this is this seems like an incredibly exciting time yeah sure is i mean i think that with your babies i mean what you said before you know it's you, while you're making this stuff it's it's all potential right it's going to be great it's going to be great the minute you start giving it to people everyone's got their opinions and their criticisms and that's something that you know is <laughs> it's hard to it's sometimes hard to take when you're a bit of you know i guess we're all yeah. we've all got our own opinions on stuff but i mean uh, we yeah what if they don't like your kids what if they don't like it <laughs> exactly um yeah, like, you don't you like just, my kids what if they get a bad report card yeah. Yeah. yeah so well i mean the fact of the matter is that some people aren't going to like it and that's that's okay um but um yeah. you know we, yeah. we it's time it's time to, to pull the pin and and let it go and let the kid you know leave the nest you can't be a helicopter parent forever so you just got to let it go and so that's what that's what this year's about this year coming um is really just unleashing this torrent of stuff to the world and seeing what happens and then learning from that and and um and and you know just making something that we're proud of and that, that hopefully you guys like brilliant well yeah. Best of luck to you both and to the team and the new opening and the new facility and the the special guest in March. Like we are, we'll be we'll be tuned in. We'll be paying attention, and and I'm sure listeners of the Indeed. the podcast will be following along as well. So best of luck to you and thanks a million for today. This has been a an incredible conversation, and uh, and I look forward to my drams when the time comes. They're on their way. On the way. And thank you very much to both of, you, <laughs> both of you for listening to us. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank cheers. you. It's been a pleasure. 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 Chin chin. Cheers. Cheers. As you've just heard, we did talk about living upside down. 
on the other hand. <laughs> I love that that joke, that joke just carries along from the intro to the outro. If you're upside down, do you have to talk backwards as well? Do those things work no, like that? They don't. It's not Twin Peaks. No. It's, it's not. Yeah, I am the arm. You don't have to carry yeah. around a log. No, yeah, the, it's all, the whole thing. It's all good. Yeah. Well, well, Tell I'm Laura curious. Palmer I said hi, by the way. <laughs> She's dead. Oh, shit. Spoiler alert. Happens in the first 30 seconds <laughs> of a show that was released 30 <laughs> odd years ago. <laughs> it's one for the kids. <laughs> Listen. What was your what was your takeaway from that chat? There's so much to say. I love it when we talk to someone at a, it could be someone at a distillery, it could be a writer, it could be an actor, it could be wh- whomever when they're talking from a place of passion. <laughs> I knew that was the word. Yep. Right? I, I agree with you. Yep. It's it, to me that was that was striking and and you know you can hear it in Mark you could hear it in Colin's voice I really hearing about their distillation and their stills actually they just posted recently on the Instas uh, a picture of their stills where you know they've got their wash still that's just nice and smooth and then their spirit still that's that faceted it almost looks like a D twenty for my D and D players out there. Um, I just, I really like it when, when people have a passion for whiskey and they decide to take whiskey in a direction that it hasn't been taken before. And it reminds me in a way of some of my favorite musicians and my favorite musicians are those that did not take lessons. They taught themselves how to play guitar, drums, bass, keyboard, whatever, and it allows them to create music in a way that someone who's classically trained can't. It's just that different take because you're creating music through passion. And that's just the overall sense that I got. It's creating whiskey through passion and they're tweaking things to go with the way they think about whiskey. So I'm going to give you... Oh. A yes and. Oh my gosh, a little improv. There you go. Because I, I agree with everything you said. That When I asked you the question, I figured it was going to get bounced back at me. That was going to be my answer as well, the passion. Yeah. The yes and is the fact that we got to speak about how does that passion manifest as a brand? Mm. And... Mm. And sometimes that's the tricky part of this. And and I thought Mark did a nice job of speaking to that. Yeah, sure. Which was, we're excited by flavors. We're excited by different processes. We're excited by different casks. We are in a playground and we love being in a playground. But we understand the consumer is looking for something from us on which they can hang their hat. Yeah. And I think that's the very real side to the business where you have to say, pun of course intended, how do we distill down what we're doing in the playground Mm. to a consistent message in the marketplace? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's perhaps where Colin enters into this. Yeah, And Colin is that bridge between what's happening at the distillery and what's happening in the marketplace yeah. and how do we consistently communicate ourselves to the marketplace mm-hmm. 
And yet, how do we still show passion? How do we still play with flavours and ingredients and, and tell interesting, unique stories? I, I thought that part of the conversation was really, uh, really worthwhile and incredibly enjoyable. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I feel bad. I almost said I feel bad in a way, but no, I, I do. I do feel bad. I feel bad that you didn't have that tasting pack to taste along. Uh, Thank be, you. Because because I I really found their whiskeys to be a unique. And especially, the, there were four samples: um, one, one new make, and three whiskeys. That new make was remarkable. I mentioned it in in the interview. It, their new make is one of the few new makes I've tasted that I can also taste in their whiskey, while their whiskey doesn't taste new makey. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, spring, yeah, I know spring, exactly what you're describing. Springbank is 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 the perfect comparison. When I taste Springbank's new make, I happen to be sipping on Springbank 15, by the way. Um, when I taste their new make, it's clear that the distillery DNA is so strong it carries through decades in cask. And yep. now, granted, Wahiki do not have decades of of aged whiskey. It's clear that the whiskey that they do have, their their new make spirit character is strong enough that it carries through and it's so beautiful. And and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed following that that flavor journey through the different cast types, through the different ABVs um, while we were with them. Yeah, well, one more thing and we can move along here. I thought it was quite telling that We've kicked off 2023 with Susanna Skyver Barton mm. talking, you know, for, for one of the previews, and I, and I said we would hold our feet to the fire here. We would, we would remember this conversation. Mm -hmm. We will report back in January of 24. But one of the previews there was how are people talking about the environment mm. in 2023? Mm -hmm. And I think for those in New Zealand... The, the environment is, is a much more pressing issue. You live on an island, two, two islands, North Island, South Island. Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes I feel like it's a, a bit the same for, for our friends living in Japan, where you're on an island, those water levels rise, you, you really are in a bit of trouble. Hmm. If weather gets more extreme, mm -hmm. you really are in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. So listening to the way Mark and, and Colin were talking about how they move materials around the globe how they can use local yeah. materials. Yeah. Yep. You know, whether that's New Zealand peat or New Zealand wine casks, you know, like the, the different projects they've got going on in-house to recycle through materials as well. Mm -hmm. The building of their own stills. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, and this kind of using math to to lead what they wanted to achieve there. But but the environment, right? The environment was part of that conversation. And it, you know, one of the elements we talked about with Susanna and we'll continue in 23 is we're not trying to politicize the environment in any way, shape or form, yeah. right? We're, we're looking at a very real issue that is non-negotiable, that is being described and discussed by people who are living at the front edges of this. I love that aspect. I love the fact that that preview from Susanna has already 
uh, paid dividends in 2023 for us. Well, we do have a bit of news to share with people, and I'm, man, I'm, I'm really excited about what we do have to share. It's not a lot. I mean, it is a lot when it's just talking about things going on in our company, but it's, we don't have a bucket's worth of news. We just have a couple things. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the sleeping boy sleep because <laughs> he's a crotchety little SOB. Um, that was our last chance to wake him up in season six. Oh, man. Is that true? I, I I think he'd prefer to sleep. Let's see him in season seven. Oh, but now I kind of want to wake him up just because. I think he needs his comeuppance. <laughs> then you better come upon him. Extra, extra. We all are body and life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, extra. Extra, extra. We all about it. Me and that Playboy in trouble again. Two bits of news to share. News number one, Jason, and this this one is immediate, and it's immediate because what's happening now is happening now now. It's happening. There you go. Right? So between January 25th and January 27th, noon Eastern to noon Eastern, Single mm-hmm. Cast Nation, that's us, by the way, Jason. Um, (laughs) we are hosting what is called the celebration of the nation and man, you and I spent weeks trying to come up with an idea of sales incentives that would be beneficial, not to us as a business who needs to sell whiskey to survive, but something that would be, (laughs) you know, um, interesting to, you know, in, and I have to say it here, this is specific to our our American customers or our customers who have an American address to ship whiskey to. Very um, true. You know, we, we have a number of bottlings on our website, which is what we wanted. We always wanted whiskey to be selling in perpetuity. But at the same time, we need to make room in our warehouse for more whiskeys. Absolutely. So we we have a bunch of bottlings that we're doing sales on, and it isn't. We're not doing discounts, right? That's anybody can do a discount. That's 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 all well and good. We've decided to take this really cool approach where we say, okay, you spend up you spend 150 or more on our on our whiskeys, free shipping. You spend 200 to 249, you get free shipping plus a $20 gift card. Between 250 and Two ninety nine, you get free shipping plus uh, a set of glasses, right? Mm, between are newly added to the newly website. added, yeah, exactly. If you do between three hundred and three forty nine, it's free shipping, a thirty dollar gift certificate, right? That's nice. And then if you do anywhere between three fifty and four ninety nine, you get free shipping, a thirty dollar gift certificate plus a pair of glasses. And then finally, if you do, if you have an order that is 500 or more, you get free shipping on all of your bottles, you get a $50 gift certificate, and you get a free pair of glasses. And on top of that, this is the crazy thing. So please, if you, if, 
if you're not a, a a member of Singlecast Nation already, go to singlecastnation.com. You'll you'll be on our email list. If you're if you are a Singlecast Nation member and you're not in our private Facebook group, please go become part of our Facebook group because what you'll find is with each bottle on our website that we have for sale, everyone you buy gives you the chance at a lottery to win a previously sold out or allocated bottling including our wild turkey, right? Including some Oishi that we have mm-hmm. in stock. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Including some Thornton Kosher for Passover rum, some Ben Nevis six-year-old. and Some backwoods, some talking ba- about down there. There he is, talking about down there. Talking about a, uh, uh, a distillery who came to us from being listeners of the podcast, right? They, they're the OGs, Community. right? So, so there's a lot going on, and that's happening between today, January 25th, and Friday, January 27th, noon to noon, East, Eastern U.S. time. So did I miss anything, Jason? You did. Fuck yeah, what I miss? what I miss? <gasps> oh, I know what I missed. You tell him. Every single purchase goes into the hat to win a bottle of our fourth woodcut series, A Thrusk. Tw- and that is yeah. gratis. That's not win the right to purchase. That is gratis. We will send you that bottle to enjoy. That is a $395 bottle of 26-year-old a thrust that spent five years in an ex-Karenay cask. Pretty so wild. So here's my question. Yeah, go ahead. In listening to you describe all of this all right. for our listeners, and I'm so happy that you woke up the paper boy. Yeah. So it, happy. Did it bring you to completion? Is that is that what you're I about think, to tell me? I think it was essential. Essential. <laughs> You know, to match the the magnitude of this news. Mm. But my, my one question is, mm. in listening to you, are we going to go bankrupt with all of this? We are not going to go bankrupt, but but there's no doubt about it. You know, it was interesting. Some someone had asked on our Facebook page, you know, <laughs> oh, are you also discounting? <laughs> I, listen, I appreciate the question. It is, it is without a doubt a fair question, but think about some of these incentives, a $24 pair of glasses, a $50 gift certificate, $15 free shipping, right? All of that adds up. So are the whiskeys being discounted? Yes, they're being discounted, but it's not 10% off the bottle. It's the free shipping. It's the whatever. We're cutting it close, but that's what we're doing for the nation, right? We're, we want to give them deals and 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 say thank you right it's it's a we're about to celebrate 12 years that is true that is true it's, it's a nice well way to say thank you yeah 100 percent. on behalf of the listeners if we do go not that i'm saying we will if we do go bankrupt with right. this this incredibly magnanimous set of offers will we still have a podcast yeah Won't we? Was there an answer to that question you were expecting and I gave you the opposite? Oh, I see what you're saying. If you don't buy from us, we are ending this podcast. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's not, but that's a good angle. I like that. Let's hold the podcast hostage. Oh, you want us to survive? We don't come out of this alive. Nobody gets any that's more it. episodes. That's it. Your three-hour drive to work, done. It's the anti-Oprah. You don't get a podcast, and you don't get a podcast, and you don't get a podcast. <laughs> That'll show people. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, that's exciting. I, I really am. 
emphasis is on celebration of the nation, right? Here's some things in your pocket from us. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for buying. We love you. Hopefully you love us. Let's keep this thing going. This thing that we have yeah. that feels so special. Let's keep it going. Beauty. And, you know, it's year 12. Who knows what else we can be doing to celebrate the nation at a, at a future date. So put that in the back of your minds, dear listeners. Um, so what else? What was the other news that we had? Oh, retail release number nine. Do you want to talk about that one, Jason? Yeah. my. <laughs> this was the part I wasn't going to wake the paper boy for, but <laughs> it's it's working its way out there. It's working its way to distributors. It should... Here's the thing. Here's what we always say, Joshua. Mm. Go to your favorite local store. All right. Ask them to bring in Single Cast Nation. There you go. Joshua, you have listed multiple times. You're welcome to list them again if you feel so inclined. You have listed multiple times what we have on offer in this ninth release. As a consumer, go and ask for it. Go and ask your store to bring in... Ask if they are bringing it in. Maybe they're a tremendous Single Cast Nation supporter. Yeah. Maybe you could introduce Single Cast Nation to them. There you go. Yeah, I I like that. It almost seems like the, the John Doerr approach. Mm. You know what I mean? Now, now, granted, Nation members aren't owners of Single Cast Nation, but they are Nation members, right? What did John Doerr do to get his whiskey into bars? He would go into a bar and say, do you have Dewar's Blend? And they'd say no, but because he kept asking, they would bring it in because they saw consumer <laughs> demand. So, 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 I like and they that. did not know he was the owner of that company. <laughs> um, so, because you said I should maybe list them out, or I have done before, just as a very quick reminder, very quick For reminder. Funsies. We have a 34 year old Inver Gordon uh, from mm-hmm. a refill sherry butt. We've got mm-hmm. a seven-year-old Kalila. That's a marriage of two refill bourbon barrels. We've got mm-hmm. an Inchgower, 10-year-old. I think it's 10-year-old. Right? Yeah, 10 years old. Uh, one refill bourbon barrel and one and one cask that was refill bourbon, but then we put it into a Spanish oak sherry cask. Um, so, so another, you know, two-cask marriage there. And then on top of that, we have our Darsa rum, Guatemalan rum, uh, first filled bourbon barrel. And then finally, we have our Wolf Island Take Two, our, our really our, our third collaboration with the Water of Life film, but our, our second release in that retail Wolf Island bottling. So same distillery, Indeed. same sort of makeup of casks, but... Almost treat it like a batch one and a batch two and, and check out what the differences are. Well, and, and for for funsies, this episode drops on January 25th, Burnsy's birthday, Robert Burnsy's birthday. Mm. I will have been at an event, a Water of Life film event at the British Embassy the night before this episode drops. Amazing. In Washington, D.C., I hasten to add. Why did you hasten to add that? Because I didn't clearly articulate where the embassy is located. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I know what the word haste means because I am a Lord of the Rings fan, and apparently you think I'm a hobbit. Like, I understand what, what <laughs> Not make— Not the only one who thinks it. I know. 
easy. I know what like make haste means, but when you said I hasten to ask, it had, you thought hate to add. Yeah, no, we don't. It almost had like a negative connotation to it. I'm like, oh, why doesn't he want to tell people? So I simply didn't hear the word properly. So, so there you go. <laughs> didn't hear the word properly. That's going to be on your gravestone. What's that? Here lies Joshua Hatton. He didn't hear the word properly. Come again? <laughs> Listen. Oh, um, wait till you leave your 40s behind in, in fewer than 11 months. <laughs> I wish the listeners could see your face. I just, oh my gosh. It's like I just shit in the punch bowl in front of you. 50, like, 50 years old is such like, is such a backhanded celebration. <laughs> because you're like, this is 50. This is huge, right? This is so momentous. It is so momentous. But it's like, you're fucking 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason. Well, I'll tell you what, Joshua. Yeah, go to ahead. to go bring ahead. you out of the doldrums that, mm. that I have put you in. Thank you. I know that you love reading special comments from our listeners and in some cases our viewers. Mm-hmm. So why don't you regale us with some kind words? And I, I know that'll really perk you up. I'm going to pour a little bit more of this Springbank 12 cast thread that I enjoy. Yeah, actually, I'm going to pour. So listeners don't know this. Jason, you know this. I just finished my bottle of Springbank 15. Do you have another heel? Uh, I'm going to look for another heel, so. (laughs) It really speaks to our our (laughs) collected shelves of whiskey that it literally took you five seconds oh, and yeah. all it was was walking from your chair to the shelf you're like here it is here's a heel well i've got listen i've got my spring bank shelf i've got my imperial mm-hmm. shelf i've got my glenn murray mm-hmm. shelf fwah, fwah, fwah. i've got my wild turkey shelf fwah, fwah, fwah. i've got my kilhoman shelf fwah, fwah, fwah. i've got my lagavulin shelf Okay, oh my God. <laughs> oh, sorry, am I still talking? Um, all right, so I'm I'm pouring a Longro 15. Uh, it's a, oh, it is a distillery exclusive, fresh Madeira cask, bottled in 2014. Um, so I want to read some of the comments uh, that came in regarding our Extra Extra, it's all about whiskey, YouTube debut, but I'm just going to read a few of them because we actually have... Uh, an email, maybe two, that I want to bring on, and and I think that they may be good. Maybe hold them for the the mailbag episode, oh, but remind yeah. me in front of our listeners okay. that I've got a text message to read. Okay, okay, yeah. So that that's good. So the emails, you you people know who you are that emailed us recently. We're gonna save those for the mailbag episode. Awesome. I, again, a reminder to those listening: if you have questions for us, for Jess, for for Elijah, please email us. You know how to get in touch with us. So, Extra Extra, it's all about whiskey. Season four, episode one. Yeah, there, there are some great ones. So you've got Jimmy Chen who says, new subscriber here to the YouTube, but not to SCN. I realize after all these years, I haven't had a clue what JH and JJY look like. 
Wow. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Yeah. Does he then go on to comment that he preferred it that way? Uh, he, he, he doesn't say, but that's, that's, the, that's the takeaway here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially when we're talking oh, wow. about you. <laughs> or you. And there's, there's another commenter, and actually this gentleman is always, he, he makes a lot of comment on our YouTube because we, we stream our, our podcast to YouTube, the audio version. And so a gentleman, his handle is, is, is just Whiskey5136. He just says, welcome to YouTube land. <laughs> He's a local-ish Which guy. He's from yeah. Massachusetts. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. That's almost one of those careful what you wish for, boys. <laughs> right? He's like the old, you know, the surly sea captain who sees you in the harbor bar. Like, welcome, boys. Haven't seen you here before. I think I think you mean you're welcome, boys. Haven't seen you here before. Hearty tartar. I think that's what you mean. Are certainly sea dogs the last group of people we can make fun of? Listen, there has to be one group that we can make that we as a people can collectively make fun of. And I thought it would be surly sea dog pirates. Now, <laughs> listeners, if there are any surly sea dog pirates within our listenerships, yeah. please yeah. reach out to us. Questions at One Nation Under Whiskey, info at singlecastnation.com. If you as a pirate feel um, targeted, feel threatened, feel triggered by us, uh, you know, Dotting the old pirate voice, harry har. Then you know. Please. I feel like you, you sir, have awoken a sleeping sea dog this day. Oh shit! There's gonna be, there's gonna be a pirate in my house. <laughs> there's a pirate. In <laughs> all right, so all right, yeah, 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 okay, sorry. So with that said, yeah, what else? So what else? so then we have uh, Willem Killian. I think is it. See, my computer screen is a little far from me. And I need a new prescription of my glasses because I'm getting old. <laughs> and uh, he says, "Guess I'm, and, and I should have read this one first because what he's about to say is true. Guess I'm the first one who's made the switch over to listen to Extra Extra. So he, he was the oh, first fun. person to comment on, uh, on, the, on the video. <laughs> um, Brilliant. And, and this was great. So this was from uh, Raphael Nardi who says, it's actually funny seeing the faces of the podcast I listen to most. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Ari Cohen. It is funny. Yeah. I did purposely try to roll my eyes less. I don't know if I succeeded, but I, I tried my best just to put a good face on it. I will say there will be more eye rolling in future episodes. Oh, that's... You can bank on that. I will that's... stop being on my best behavior now that the first one is in the books. Oh, little little good behavior first time around. Now you're in. I was. Yeah, there you I go. was. Uh, Ari Ari Cohen says, "Quote, put this over your throat." End quote. Quote of the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jason uh, Willem Killian, who was the first one to comment, he did have some constructive criticism. <laughs> and it was well, I think we've heard enough <laughs> <laughs> it, it was about your audio and the fact that you failed us and forgot to select your really expensive microphone as the input to your volume when we recorded so here's here's the truth of the matter mm -hmm. 
I could hear myself perfectly. <laughs> Did you sound like shit though? No, I sounded amazing. Yeah. Absolutely this, this amazing. This is someone who huffs his own farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. It, it it was it was perhaps a little embarrassing to know that the mic had not been activated that was in my face for the the tight 35 that we continued with on the mm. YouTube's. Yeah. I, you know, you know, you got to improve somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you know. After the second yeah. after the second episode, there'll be nothing left to improve. Yeah, so, you know. There you go. Yeah. Um uh, we got to I'm, I'm just I'm just going to cherry pick here. Uh, I'm curious. Yeah, Can I ahead. ask you a question? No. Nope. Did anybody comment on the subject matter? Yes. So okay. so th- this this was interesting. Thank you so Isn't that interesting? There was one person I think that commented on the subject matter. And uh, let me find that. So the one person who commented was Tom Hankins. And he says, this episode's further discussion of Jack Daniels Bonded being ranked last year's number one release by Whiskey Advocate was the perfect bookend to the topic oh. of, quote, booze is 10% ethanol, 90% marketing from the <laughs> article. And, and listen... That is such a hot take, and I really like what he said, but I think both you and I came away from that saying, this Jack Daniels is a really great drinker. Like, it was just a solid little drinker at 30 bucks. Is it the best whiskey on our list? Without a doubt, the answer is no. No. Is it something you could put in your glass almost any day? The answer is yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, here's, Here's perhaps a takeaway. You wouldn't be embarrassed pouring it for someone who came to your house. You would not. No, you would not. Yeah. I I thought more people might might have a comment about dry January and, and where they stand on dry January. Because I'm, I'm, I'm really, if we've talked about community mm. and we've talked about being on YouTube, and we've talked about, you know, these real active comments that I'm really excited to hear more as the episodes go along. Yep. I'm trying to get a finger on the pulse of, who does dry January? Just because I don't know anyone who does dry January doesn't mean millions of people are not doing dry January. There's also a chance that people who mm. exist in our whiskey community are not doing dry January. If you yeah. watch a news, a whiskey news podcast on YouTube, I don't know if we can use the word podcast anymore. I don't want to say vlog because that really sounds oldman. <laughs> if you're somebody who'd watch two jamokes discussing the latest whiskey news on YouTube, maybe you're not somebody who would participate in Dry January either. Yeah, I, to me, I think it's the it's the vegetarian in a Brazilian steakhouse metaphor. Mm. You're going to be hard pressed to find a vegetarian in a Brazilian steakhouse. However, well, they're on the plate. To be fair, <laughs> however, I will go out on a limb and say I'm one of those weirdos that does that because their salad bars are amazing. So we're going to be few. <laughs> the people you're looking for, who are whiskey lovers, who enjoy a dry January are going to be just that, a vegetarian at a Brazilian steakhouse. Few and far between. 
I'm so glad you keep including the word steakhouse because that sentence is going in one direction and then it pivots right back to steakhouse. With well, like getting Brazilians? You don't have to say everything out loud. You can have quiet thoughts in your head. Like just waxing all your nether regions? <laughs> Not all. <laughs> huh. Which, which nether region are you leaving out? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> say something, anything else about anything else. Listen, before we get out of here, I didn't forget about it. You clearly forgot about it. You mentioned that you got a text from someone. And I want to make sure that we we call that out. And I want, I want to hear the details of said text. How dare you suggest I forgot about it? How dare you, sir? Speaking truths. How dare you? Just speaking truths. I may or may not have forgotten about it. Our our very dear friend, Seabass. Oh, yeah. Chris Sebastian of Blind Barrels. Mm-hmm. Dot com was was kind enough to text after listening to our last One Nation Under Whiskey with Susanna Skyver Barton, where we did a little blind barrels tasting mm, at the end of mm-hmm. this. And so I just wanted to include this paragraph for the listeners and to tie a bow on that previous tasting of ours. He knew <laughs> he was getting into the podcast. When he opened up with this. Oh, he's going to compliment you, isn't he? He's going to say nice oh, things no. about you. No? It's a, it's a pun. It's, oh, right. Okay. Okay. Oh, yes. I'll take that. So he writes, a remarkable <laughs> tasting with the proof and wood Polish whiskey. Really enjoyed it. And you guys were very positive about the experience for a whiskey that didn't quite hit your palate sweet mm-hmm. spot. I'm really sorry about Joshua's leakage, which for a man of your age, Joshua, <laughs> you're going to be experiencing more of that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yep, go on. I'm really sorry about Joshua's leakage. The benefit of doing those test boxes was that we found a couple flaws in our process that we have solved in a variety of ways. Yeah. Hopefully won't happen again. And I, I had written back to him and said, that pun is worthy of inclusion in the pad cost. <laughs> and then made sure that I had permission to read a private text. He then went on to say, in granting permission, absolutely, go ahead. My dad humor is terrible, but glad it falls on discerning ears. And he most certainly has a friend in us. Oh, yeah. He then went on to say, can't wait to check out Extra Extra on the YouTubes. I made sure to reiterate something you and I had reiterated, reiterated earlier, which was for those who were used to listening to the pod, podcast, that listening to Extra Extra mm-hmm. on their drive, you can still open YouTube on your phone. Just make sure you, you turn it away. You're not distracted mm-hmm. while driving. And Seabass wrote to say, that he had done that a fair number of times before. He says, new habits, but luckily this one will be easy to form more motivation. How touching is that? <laughs> I love that. How yeah. kind is that? So it's interesting. You mentioned that there was a, another person who who tried to do the same thing, and for whatever reason, their their iPhone sort of 
shut down. It, it closed and therefore turned off YouTube. But there's settings on your phone that you can just, yeah. you know, just make sure that it, it stays open. I don't know what those settings are, but those that's how my phone is set up. I, I, yeah. I listen to stuff on YouTube in my car and I just put it face down and, it, and it's fine. So if anybody's having yeah. those issues, you know, please just... Google it, check out how to ensure that YouTube doesn't close on you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've only ever had success with that. Yeah. And if I can figure I can figure out my new mic with, uh, with the new platform. Oh, now who's old, keep Jason? keep my phone open while watching the YouTubes. I mean, listening to it in my car. Now who's an old man? <laughs> hey, I, I see you've got some leakage to go clean up. You <laughs> coughed a little too hard a moment ago. Okay. Listen, there, there there were far more comments, and uh, you know we don't have to read them all. I think this is an okay no, place to no. to have an incomplete list. But I I, I really want to thank <laughs> thank our viewers sincerely mm. for for commenting and thanking our listeners who have become viewers. Absolutely, absolutely. And and if you've not gone ahead and and watched our 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 season opener, season four opener of Extra Extra, it's all about whiskey on YouTube. Please, again, go to YouTube. Single Cast Nation is the channel. Uh, go ahead and, and subscribe to that channel. That's where you're going to find Extra Extra. That's where we do a lot of our tasting videos for new releases. We're going to yep. be planning some live events as well. Like, Jason, you, you really, it's a word you've mentioned. I probably need two hands to count for this episode. <laughs> Community. We we really want to. Yes. yes. Sorry, when you started talking about two hands, I wasn't sure. Where it's like we're a going pepper grinder. Yes. It's just like a pepper grinder. Um, you know, we. You said community over and over again, and it's something that we want to do. We want to connect more with our community. So expect some live YouTube things happening, whether it's extra, extra, or otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. We've said. All the words. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now it's time to start getting excited about being Seattle bound mm. to see our Elijah up close and personal as he closes out his 20s. Sweet Scott, Chris Hallstrom, Jess coming in from Scotland. I hope I'm not speaking out of school. Travis Williams is Travis coming up Williams from is be there. I'm excited to Arizona. Meet him. We have never, right? Our man uh, who was in our YouTubes who had said, I've never seen these two faces before. Well, I personally, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, Joshua. I have never met Travis face to face. Do you know he's actually a pirate? I just uh, realized that the whole time. I think we may have been offending him as part of the pirate community. I know he skateboards. Does he skateboard? No, he Travis has, Williams does he not He has skateboard. mad skills. He has mad skills. Is that what you the heard kids it here say? first, Joshua? Okay. I'm... <laughs> sure. Mountain Dew Doritos. That's also something the kids say. <laughs> no, they say Takis nowadays. Takis are the thing. <gasps> I fucking, I fucking love Takis. They're so Oh, good. they're so naughty. Jason, can I really quickly? Anyway. No, 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 no. Hold <laughs> yes, on. Really yes, quickly. Can yes, we... yes, really quickly. A Takis tasting. Let's do it. I took you back to bar somewhat recently, right? When When were you last at bar, Pizza. Bar New Haven. It wasn't on the trip with Kai. It so it would have been um, 
Mimi's. Mimi's bat mitzvah. Oh, so then you will not have tasted this. The Mexican pizza with the Takis? Yes, you did taste it. They didn't have any Takis the day I ordered it. Oh. <laughs> so I. It's, it's like, a, it's like a, an elote pizza. Yeah, an elote pizza. Fantastic. Pi- Absolutely phenomenal. Fantastic. And no Takis. And this, this time, now they, they add the Takis. It is, that has become my favorite pizza. No oh, my gosh. So good. Yeah. Imagine going there and ordering a mashed potato with no bacon and an elote with Takis. That's, and a few beers and pool in the next room. Heaven. I'm in heaven. The only thing that would have me move to Connecticut. I'm sorry, come again? (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, Joshy. All right, listen. um, Sincere thanks again to Colin of the Pluralized Mares, uh, of Mark Izzard, both of Wahiki Distillery, in New Zealand, of Down There, of the Upside Down. (laughs) Caution. You told me that people walk upside down there, Jason. (laughs) <laughs> upside down there. Ooh. But they're not evil. They're not evil. Upside Justin. down there. Jason, I've just nailed it. <laughs> upside down there. Anyway, sincere thanks to them. Sincere thanks to our listeners. Jason, as always, thank thank you to you. And here's to our celebration of the nation and to us almost being 12 years old as a company. <sighs> so close to bar mitzvah age. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Here's to our celebration of the nation. I'm sure we'll come back and report on it if it's a success. I'm sure we'll come back and report on it if it's a success. <laughs> <laughs> Is this sentence going to be a success, Jason? Until next time, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs>